When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Spiegel's stories from sharing a stage with Eddie Vedder and more. I did sing Sympathy for the Devil with Chelios on Saturday night, which was fun. I get to be the guy who's just, like, giving people smiles. So I did that with Patty Smythe. Oh, dig yourself. And then Kid Rock comes up there. He doesn't need that from anybody. <laughs> you crying, boy? <laughs> you crying, boy? Maybe we'll go back down to McDonald's and get you a Lamberger's and French fries. <laughs> How about a Wynikin? As a musical experience, he looked at us and said, you guys know this one? All right, cool. And then he just went freaking balls out, fronting and playing to the crowd, and he lit the room on freaking fire. And I understand what a loathsome batch of politics he has and everything. I get it. But, man, he was a great hang musically. <laughs> he's, he's insanely talented. Here we go, Jim. This is going to be a big Here one. Here we go, Tony. We are ready, folks. Kid Rock is one of the most talented musicians on the planet. I know. <laughs> no, he is. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It's, gotta, it's, it's not. And at the end, he, he gave me, he gave me five. Got me up. Completely fearless balls to the wall, um, a front man. That was ball with the ball, front man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny, that's what a Kid Rock song. Thank you. We got Kid Rock coming up for all you mosh monkeys. Woo! I like music. You're in the music opinion penalty box for a while. <laughs> Kid Rock slaps. Man. You guys taking it all in? Because this is what it looks like when Google acquires your company for over $200 million. Look, Dustin Moskowitz, Elon Musk, Eric Schmidt, and Kid Rock is the poorest person here, apart from you guys. Take it away, my good friend, Kid Rock! Somebody make some noise in here! These people. One, two, three... Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Thank you for hanging out with us on the Parkins and Spiegel Show. You might not be Kid Rock, but you are 
a rock star. Oh, shot. Come on. Me and Shane argued for two hours last night, just on the phone, about Kid Rock. Nice. Great musicians. That's a long show you guys did. Yeah, we did a lot of it. We recorded the whole thing. Oh, good. That'll be a good podcast. Yeah. Bourbon and a Buddy? <laughs> Mixed in a lot of uh, of kids' thoughts on, um, on Israel and Gaza. Oh, good. Going to get all that, that stuff out there. Hey, uh, quick favor, don't put that on me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I did no, no. not talk about that. I wasn't, I wasn't putting it on you. Just saying it came up in our conversation. I'm sure his thoughts on the Gaza Strip are nuanced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he was quoted apparently as saying they need to bomb 40,000 civilians Stop. every 24 hours. Stop. Stop. Don't just say both. <laughs> Stop lumping me in here. <laughs> it's me. Uh, I'd assume I align with him, but don't. But stop. <laughs> okay. No, everybody. All right, let's go. They're going to take away my open to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They've already tried. <laughs> Seriously. That's true. Ridiculous. Ryan Poles spoke today. We have work to do. Maddie Eberflus is on the show today. We yeah. have hot bears news and nuggets and thoughts to give to people all day long. All right. Um, Get a hold of yourself. I I am all for disagreement and disagreeing and reasonable and different opinions and all that. I get all of it. How could anybody listen to Ryan Poles and think that Justin Fields could be back? What is the argument at this point? I'm not saying that he, like, tipped his hand. But in the past, we've seen him in this exact position before. With the number one pick at the combine, getting ready to field offers. And he would say things like, you know, you've got to be, I'd have to be absolutely blown away. And he, all these types of things. He didn't say that today. He he just openly talked about, we got to do right by Justin. I'd want to get this done quick. Uh, we have to be in communication. No one likes to be live, live within gray. But he didn't dispute or shoot down anything about trading Justin Fields. And I just, I hope that the people that love Justin and want him to be their quarterback next year instead of Caleb or Drake or Jaden or whatever a rookie would be that Ryan Poles decides to pick, Mm -hmm. I hope that you're not lying to yourself with this. Because this does seem and has seemed for a long time to me like an inevitability. And if you listen to that today, and came away with, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're definitely trading the pick and building around Justin. I just, I feel like you watched a different press conference. You know, it's interesting because we often talk about this difference between what we would like someone to do and what we think they will do. Right. There's a difference. There's a big, big difference. And I thought one of the reasons that the town hall worked is that people got a chance to come and say what they would do, what they think would be a good idea and why. Ryan Poles very much sounded like a guy who's getting ready to draft a quarterback and trade another one and wants to be respectful. Yeah. So even if you are still someone who does think it would be wise, hearing that and projecting your think they should onto what they will would be would be a, a mistake I, to do. I, and I... I know that I have tone issues at times, and I know that I bought the Caleb Williams jersey. I know. It's a big admission. Mm-hmm. I know. I am just saying that I genuinely hope that the that the Fields fanatics, the Fields cultists, the Fields stands, the Fields fans, the people who chanted his name at Soldier Field the last game of the season and genuinely believe that he is a, 
a left tackle and a Marvin Harrison Jr. away from mm-hmm. being Lamar Jackson and winning MVPs and being a top five quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Fields I, Army. They call themselves the Fields Army at great, this point, right? Great. Whatever they call themselves. We're the Just Independents. We have just a name for this. We do. I, I, just, I just really hope that you're separating the, the two. Well, there it is because I, – I, I hope you are or else you are going to be let down and crushed – in a couple of weeks. You, uh, if you're not separating <laughs> the two, you might be transitioning into a Fields truther, a Justin Fields truther in terms of what you're assuming they believe because you believe it. I don't know. And I, I don't think there's been anything to signify uh, a single choice other than draft one of these quarterbacks and get what you can for, for Justin. I, I think it's true. I think they really like him and they respect him. But as they're talking about now, they that the the just independents will say that you and I at this point, Caleb Terrians, are hearing what we want to hear as Ryan Poles talks. We're okay. hearing confirmation of what what we think should happen. I I don't believe that's true myself. Right. This is where we need the undecideds. The QB1 decided. They've and, never been more important. And Peter King will join us in an hour, and he will say some version of. What I wrote had no basis in any reporting. I'm just going off of what I read from other people, like, which you might say that he wrote that sloppily or whatever, but it, there is no indication whatsoever that exists that suggests that the Bears are going to be building this thing around Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. It might not be Caleb. It might be a trade down for a different quarterback, but it ain't going to be Fields. Well, yeah. I, I, I just, it's just not going to be. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think so. And there, there, there's a bunch of different ways to distill it down, and different numbers you can use. You see Jim Nagy's tweet from the the Senior Bowl. Yeah, he said, really, it's a simple question. Do you believe at this point that you can win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields? If you think that answer is no right now, then you draft another quarterback. That's all. That that's all, and he he surmises that Ryan Poles has been in the building with Justin Fields for all of these days and months and years and games now, and he knows because if it's a no right now, you don't you don't not draft one so you can bet on the future of a quarterback progression. We will get into the specifics on the quarterback situation, the combine, the market, and some very interesting stuff on our guy uh, Jalen Johnson. And what I think was a tactic and a plan, one of, one of those Matt Eberflus tactics that Ryan Poles deployed today. I think if you want to read into this thing, we'll do that at Poles position coming up at 3 o'clock. There was some strategy there in what Ryan Poles was saying. And again, Matt Eberflus at 4 o'clock. We've got uh, Peter King at 340. But Colin Cowherd... Making people mad again. Who's he talking about? He's talking. I think I got an idea. You do? I, I got an idea hmm. of, of who he's talking about, but uh, we'll we'll weigh in next on the score. You know, that's an important part of, of uh, being having tactics. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. 
Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Parkinson Spiegel Show flashback. 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 Colin Cowherd of The Volume and Fox Sports 1. Hey, Colin, I remember once when I was working for Sporting News Radio and I was living in Los Angeles, I was walking my dog, listening to you on the radio, and you made an analogy about getting called up to the big leagues. And you were at ESPN Radio at the time, and you said, you know, if you work for Sporting News Radio, you want to get the call to ESPN Radio. And I, I wanted to punch you in the mouth through the radio at the time, sir. Yeah. Now you're in Chicago and you've done well. It's, by the way, I, I'm not trying to be glib. The sporting news radio still exists. Uh, it has been in decay. Uh, I believe it's something. It became Yahoo Sports Radio and then SB Nation Radio. So the answer is no. It might <laughs> in some form or fashion. Sounds like the answer is no. We have polls position in 15 minutes. There is no sporting news radio. It became something called Sports Map Radio Network. So there is no sporting news radio. But it but Sports Map Radio Network exists. So it's the same thing. It's the same entity. It's Yahoo Sports Radio SB Nation one on one sports way back in the day. It it will not die, Danny. Uh, it's it sounds dead. I they they just got rid of somebody who used to be my boss there eleven years ago, was still there, had oh, stayed man. there. Man. Okay. And he just got launched. Oh. Good All luck. Right. Good luck to Craig Larson on his uh, future, yeah. future endeavors. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, sometimes these entities just keep going and going and going, like we hope will be the case for the Parkinson Spiegel show. That's that's the goal. That's the goal. Here's the many more. But uh, Colin Cowherd was talking about Chicago again, and he's making people upset again, and it has to do with uh, the Bears. Let's hear this uh, and give it full context, and we can weigh in with some theories. Can we all now finally just admit all this bears are keeping Justin Fields rumors was all just to keep his trade value high. If Chicago bailed on Justin Fields in week eight or nine, what would he be worth today? I mean, the guy hasn't had multiple touchdown passes in a game since week five, and they've gone out of their way. Even when they miss Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, they got him another tight end, a lot of draft capital on the O-line. You can't keep blaming the Bears. They went and got some good pieces. I appreciated the effort. DJ Moore's an excellent, absolute, bona fide number one receiver. Cole Komet, very fine tight end. The O-line's fine. And for the record, he doesn't win a lot of games. And that's a problem. Don't listen to the analytic nerds. Good quarterbacks win close games. He is a dreadful fourth quarter quarterback. The worst in the league. Chicago media... Their opinion of him is just not reality. Everybody else sees it. The Chicago media all season long tried to uh, defend him, uh, elevate him, uh, protect him, promote him. Maybe they're watching Ohio State film. But if you look at his second half stats in his career, third and fourth quarter. So this is when you're off script. Now it's up to you. No more script. It's up to you. 
Three years, his career, second half stats, 77 passer rating, 58% career completion percentage. You know what that is? The guy I keep comparing him to, Zach Wilson. But New York media never defends Zach Wilson. They call it as they see it, as they should. I respect that. Chicago media, this guy deserves another year. He is, in the second half, Zach Wilson. Highlight tape, moves pretty well, good arm, not efficient, not accurate, off script, very limited. The New York media calls it the truth. The Chicago media has been protecting him and buying into this, we really like him. Stop it. Come on. You're not hoisting a trophy. Caleb Williams is way, way, Drake May. If there was no Caleb Williams, Drake May's too talented to pass on, in my opinion. All right, so as a card-carrying member of Chicago media, I've been paying my dues and attending mm. meetings for a long, long time. Yeah. I'm offended. I'm offended by being looped in with whoever he's talking about as propping up Justin Fields and not speaking the truth. He's not listening to this show enough, Danny. Well, uh, yeah, I – he's not Zach Wilson. No, he's saying That's, his second-half numbers are Zach Wilson. Right, but there's – there are four quarters in a game, yeah. and Justin Fields threw. Don't listen to the analytic nerds. <laughs> I, right? Okay, <laughs> that, but that side swipe was hilarious. It's it's really good, but if you actually do six six in first three years in the league, six thousand passing, two thousand rushing, fifty or more touchdowns. It's three dudes ever. Lamar, Cam, and Justin. So to talk about, and there's three MVPs between Lamar and Cam. So to pretend like there's never been anything to believe in with Justin is insane. He's gone. He's going way too far to try and make that point. Because I, because and people are like, oh, Parkins, you're not a Justin fan. I like Justin. You, he's a starting yeah. caliber quarterback in the NFL. They just happen to have an opportunity to draft someone who is significantly better, who's younger and cheaper. So I've pivoted to daring to be great at that position, which I think is reasonable. But to say that Justin is Zach Wilson so that Chicago media should treat uh, Justin like New York media treats Zach Wilson, I just think it's crazy. Oh, yeah, it we, is. We, it's, we, it's, it's a disingenuous choice to go hardcore to the poll, what is, which is divorced from the reality of, uh, of, of how decent Justin has been. Because would he have said that Chicago media was soft on Mitch? I don't think so. I, well, who's he talking about? Well, here's the thing. I, you, who I is do, it? I do think that the Chicago media is softer than the New York media. Well, how about Justin specifically? Like, who is out there I don't know. screaming and saying that there should get one more year? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't is know. Is Lawrence still saying that? He was believing that for a while. I, 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 don't, think that he's ta- I don't think he's talking about any one specific person. When, when we had Colin on, and then I talked to him for a while after... Mm. It seemed like we had a fundamental disagreement about how good of a spot Chicago is for the next quarterback. And he was doing a lot of the history. Chicago's where quarterbacks go to die, never have had a 4,000-yard passer, never have had a 30-touchdown passer, Mm -hmm. asking questions about why that would be. And I was like, yeah, but this is a seven-win team, not a two-win team. They've got a top-ten pick. They have a number one wide receiver. They've got a top-ten pick at right tackle. they got a pretty good offensive line. We were in a – him and I were fundamentally disagreeing about – if this is a good place for a quarterback to go mm-hmm. next year. And so for all I know in that clip, he's talking about me 
for like painting it as a po- as a positive play. Like I genuinely think it, the Chicago is a good place for a rookie quarterback to go. That's not being positive about Justin. Yeah, that's being positive about Chicago. And I have no idea if he's talking about me there, but. I was defending Chicago as a good place for a quarterback to go. I don't think he is talking about you because we just had him on and had the conversation, I, like I, a real conversation. I, I, I agree. I, think I, he's I, don't think inv- he, I don't think he is either. I think but. he's in, in, inventing a particular branch of the media, which I don't believe exists anymore, unless he's thinking talking about like Bears-sanctioned media. Tanny, how'd you say it? John A. Strawman of what? what's his newspaper? Of the Anytown Tribune. Ah, the Anytown <laughs> Tribune. Yeah. Love that guy. Do you know why Justin is not Zach Wilson? Because when Aaron Rodgers goes down, if Justin Fields is there to step in for Aaron Rodgers and not Zach Wilson as a Jets fan, don't you feel a little bit more confident? Oh they would have won a bunch more games. It's such a crap-ass argument. It's, it, it, the it, reason, or, or comparison. It's a crap-ass comparison. The reason this conversation is interesting is because Justin's pretty good. That's why it ends up being so interesting is because he's probably between 20 and 25 of NFL quarterbacks. That's really good. And doing that with a bad situation. Yeah. So the idea is give him a good situation and see what he can become. Sure. But that, that, that's, that's the argument, and it's a reasonable one. It, it's a reasonable one, but you have the number one overall pick, which has been handed to you, which is why right. it's interesting. And, like, as you dive into trying to say it right, when he does that, it's it slops up the, the thing. Because here you are having to defend Justin versus Zach Wilson, which is, which is silly. Yeah, and I don't think – right, exactly. It's it, not Sam Darnold we're talking about. No. It's Zach Wilson or it's no. Trey Lance and, or – Anything like that? And the fourth quarter numbers on fields are bad. They are bad. And Flus today, and Flus will be on the show at 4 o'clock, Flus today mentioned big game moments. Amen. As a, you know what I mean? So, like, another sign that they're going to, that they're setting up the case to move away from Justin Fields. So, all the numbers that Colin gave there are terrible for Justin as a passer in the second half of games. They're objectively true. And I think that those matter. They and do. I think they matter greatly to Ryan Poles and, as you mentioned, Matt Eberflus. But to use it to prop up a Zach Wilson comparison, it does a disservice to those numbers as right. a data point. The New York media would not treat Justin like they've treated Zach Wilson because – Justin has accomplished more than Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson had some really, really immature moments. Yeah. Whereas Justin, the stuff bucket, uh-huh. has been an 11 out of 10. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a strongly worded letter to Colin Coward right. from John A. Strawman of the Anytown Tribune. You should. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that letter and let him know that Mr. Strawman refuses to be used so conveniently. One of us could probably just give you his number. Yeah. John A. Strawman? No, 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 no. I outlawed him a while okay. ago. Yeah. Really bad I thought Super he was Bowl at 555555. <laughs> <laughs> That was Big Doug's number. Sorry, I was confused. It's very confusing. The idea, we were like, when are we going to do the Ryan Poles? We are like, we have a segment called Poles Position. Oh, yeah. We should let Ryan Poles state his case. We're not going to play the whole press conference. We're going to play the things that we thought mattered from Ryan Poles, including the Jalen Johnson stuff, which will get overlooked in the quarterback thing. But we've got some insight here. As to, I think got a pretty good idea of what Ryan Poles is doing. It's Parkers and Spiegel on the score. You know, there's two types of quarterbacks. There's artists and then there's surgeons. He hit in the pole position in Indy. The pole's position. 
It's time for Poll's position. So the number one pick, by the way, for the Bears is secured. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick? I got a lot of confidence in our ability to see talent on the field. The human being, we got to figure out. We're counting down the days to the NFL draft. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Caleb Williams, the one thing that is clear, he is not special. Well, I'm a friend of Caleb's. I feel like he's a, a young version of Patrick Mahomes. Fields. Not sure yet. Not sure. Maybe not working out. I don't know what's going on with the Bears. It don't matter. No matter who they take, because Justin Fields, he'll probably leave and go win a Super Bowl somewhere. So if you go to the Bears organization, you're, you're doomed. With the first pick, the Chicago Bears select the Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. Every day at this time, we try to get inside the mind of Ryan Poles, free agents and draft picks and trades and reports and rumors. And today, we don't even need to work that hard because he just stepped in front of a microphone and started talking. Yeah, so he talked. Look, I got to say, I got to go on record. I was not in favor of seeding our time. Really? Here on Poles' position. I don't even remember. You got outvoted? To Ryan Poles. <laughs> I don't think this is where his thoughts belong. These are where we <laughs> suppose what his thoughts are. Okay? Right. Okay. This is our time. Okay. But whatever. All right, well. He chose to talk publicly. We might as well let people hear it. So, I kind of want to do the Jalen first. Let's do it, is man. Is that bad? No, because. I kind of want to do the Jalen first. Here's, here's, why, here's why I think it makes sense. This was a choice. Like, we knew what the quarterback choice was going to be, and we'll get to that. Yeah. But this this was a, a real specific choice. Here's how Ryan Poles addressed unprompted Jalen Johnson's contract. Jalen Johnson, um, in the process of getting Jalen Johnson done, um, conversations are going well at this time. Uh, we feel like we've done a really good job um, kind of coming to the table strong, um, showing the respect um, that he's due just in terms of his production through his career and really an emphasis on the turnovers that he created this past year. Our expectation is that's going to continue to go um, as he's with the Bears. Um, when I say coming strong, that means cash flows are strong, guarantees are strong. Uh, the term is strong for him. Um, being hit with his age, uh, there's a really good opportunity for him to go back to the market again um, and continue to earn money and play well, and hopefully that's with the Bears for a long period of time. So I'm excited about that. Uh, like I've said about those deals all the time, it takes two to tango, and you got to find a, a place that everyone feels comfortable with. So. Uh, I feel really good about that situation. Right. In terms of Jalen Johnson, you said things are, are going well with him. Do you think it's more likely that there is a long-term deal with him than the franchise tag? I hope so. I'd like to avoid the franchise tag uh, for him. I think there's a really good space uh, for us to find a middle ground. Um, again, we always have the tag to, to use, um, but I really would like to, to get something done long-term with him. So, Danny, I tuned in about 10, 15 seconds late to the press conference, and I thought, oh, I must be a little a little later than that. I think he just announced a new deal for Jalen Johnson. That's great. That's amazing. That's not what he was doing. It's not what he was doing. I think that that was a tactic. I think that that is trying to put it into public pressure or court of public opinion that if they end up needing to use the franchise tag on Jalen Johnson – that Jalen will be the one as seen as being unreasonable. That's what it felt like 
it, because it felt like public negotiation, which is which is his right to do. I don't expect it to have much of an impact on Jalen. We've talked about this before. Jalen wants to be the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. We don't know if that is to the tune of guarantee or average annual value. For guarantee, that's Denzel Ward. Mm-hmm. Five years, $100 million, 71 guaranteed. Right. For highest average annual value, it's Jair Alexander. Four years, $84 million, but only $30 million of practical guarantees. If, and when, so when Paul says that we think it's an aggressive deal for Jalen, both in terms of cash flow and the opportunity to get back out onto the market and get mm-hmm. paid, mm-hmm. that suggests to me that they are making a deal on the shorter end of things so you could hit free agency at a, at a younger age again. There's a big difference in guarantees between Jair Alexander's contract, which is the highest average annual value for a corner, and Denzel Ward's contract, which is for guarantees. So I I don't think this is as close to being done as Ryan Poles is suggesting that it is. Denzel Ward's contract is five years, as is Marshawn Lattimore's and Marlon Humphreys and Trayvon Diggs. Yes. And Xavier Howard, who just got released, and J.C. Jackson, who uh, got released um, by the Chargers as as well. Jair Alexander's deal is for four years. Jalen Ramsey's deal is only for three years. These are the top 10 in terms of average annual value. Tredavious White is the only other one. I'll be floored if it's three years. No, I don't think it'll be three. Because Jalen signed multiple contracts already. Jalen Ramsey. Exactly. Jalen Ramsey's a different case because there's been an injury and he's signed multiple contracts already. This is Jalen Johnson's first one. I'm sure he's wanting a five-year deal. And the five-year deal would give you more of the guarantee. So maybe Poles is trying to play that shell game with the length of the deal. Right. And here's the – the Bears messed up. They did. They waited. Jalen wanted to sign. They didn't sign him. Jalen demanded a trade. They didn't trade him. And at that point, Jalen was playing well enough that they mm-hmm. shouldn't have. But they didn't sign Jalen. They played a game of chicken. They said, you've been a good cover corner, but you haven't been a good takeaway corner. And then Jalen had the best year of his career, made the Pro Bowl, made second team all pro, and had a huge takeaway jump. Then Jalen, at the end of the year, with us and other places, said, yeah, the price, is, the price of yesterday is not the price today. He doesn't have to make any concessions. He at this said point. he wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. So to me, highest paid corner, highest paid corner. Highest paid corner in the NFL is Denzel Ward. Because what do we always say about NFL contracts? It's all about the guarantee mm-hmm. because they can void it. They can, they can cut you. So that means are they really going to get him above $71 million guaranteed? The cap's gone up. So I, I hope that they can do this before the franchise tag deadline of March 5th. But I heard from Ryan Poles, a guy saying, we're being aggressive. Yeah. We, we're giving him a bunch of money. We're giving him an opportunity to hit free agency again. I don't want to use the tag, but I could. There's a huge difference between Jair Alexander's contract and Denzel Ward's contract. The top seven cornerback contracts in terms of most guaranteed money, yeah. only one of them is a four-year deal. Six of the seven top in terms of guaranteed money yeah. are five-year deals. So if that's some kind of precedent that he's trying to do here, I, I I agree that it sounded like negotiation. 
and I hope they get it done. And for Jalen's sake, you know, I mean, look, if it's if it's four years at 20-some mil a year and there's a good amount guaranteed, that's unbelievable generational wealth and an incredible thing. And it is just second-team All-Pro. And it is just the first year where he's shown the turnover proclivity. And he was a second-round pick to begin with. And the team wants to do lots of other but things. But that actually help, should help because he's hitting free agency a year younger. So you're signing up for more of his 20s. In terms of the second round pick. In, ter- in, in, terms, in, terms, of the sec- in terms of the second round pick. I yeah. hear you, but I, I, it, it, it definitely sounded like public negotiation um, and wanting to make it seem good because they screwed up with this one. And, and you could argue they screwed up with Roquan Smith, depending on how they ended up having to right. play that. I, just, I think there's, there's a huge gap between 30 to 40 million guaranteed and 70 million guaranteed. And if he actually wants to be the highest paid corner in the NFL, you've got to give him more than $70 million guaranteed. And so I don't, I, I'm not as optimistic. He will be tagged. He will be a bear. He's not going anywhere, but I would not be as optimistic as Ryan Poles projected today that that deal is going to get done. We just throw a number out there. If you gave him a four year, $85 million contract, that is higher than Jair Alexander in terms of average annual value. Cor- correct. But, but, what are you guaranteeing? Because yeah. Jair only got 30 guaranteed. Are you right. guaranteeing 60 million of it? Then that's a hell of a contract offer. Mm-hmm. Are you guaranteeing 35 of it? Then you're that, still higher than Jair Alexander. Right, but not. But you're not higher than J.C. Jackson, Trevon right. Diggs, Tredavious White, Marshawn Lattimore, Marlon Humphrey, or Denzel Ward in terms of guarantees. So it depends on which. That's what I'm saying. Yep, yep, yep. Is it per year or total guarantees that Jalen wants to be the highest paid guy in the league? My guess is it's guarantees. Ugh, all right. And when Paul said he can hit free agency earlier with the deal that we made, my guess is he's talking about average annual value. Sure. So there's a huge gap there. He could hit free agency again. So, yeah, that was that was the clue. That, 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 as to, to me, that shortness. was the clue. Four-year deal v. five-year deal guarantee versus average annual value. Let's go back to polls for Paul's position. We will hear from him on the process of the number one pick and players and what he's trying to get out of this week. Now the hot topic, uh, the first pick, quarterback situation. Um, contrary to reports out there, I have no master plan to present to everyone today. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to continue to gather information, um, learn about the different players in the draft, um, listen to what opportunities could come up. Um, and then at the end of the day, we're going to make the best decision um, that we can for the Chicago Bears. Uh, it will not be based on fear of what could happen with this and what could happen with that. We're going to put our information together and make the best decision because at the end of the day, we'll always throw our decision-making against kind of our core kind of deal, which is win championships and sustain success for a long period of time. There's a lot that goes into that, uh, but we're excited to gather that information and, and create clarity uh, as we go along. Right. Having been part of the uh, evaluation process in Kansas City in 2017 with Mahomes, yeah. how has that experience helped shape the way you go about evaluating quarterbacks and, and things you do in that regard? Yeah, my background is is I'm really fortunate to kind of see multiple phases and different types of processes put in place um, with, you know, bringing a quarterback in uh, from a trade to drafting. Um, So, again, there's a process that we've learned in terms of tape watching and getting to know guys and bringing them in and spending time with them to feel comfortable with, with that setup. Um, so I can definitely tap into that experience. Just on the process of evaluating the quarterbacks, obviously at the top of the draft there have been a lot of misses at the quarterback position. What have you maybe learned about what goes into making a player, you know, a great quarterback at the next level? Yeah, um, there's a lot there, right? It's like 
what's the infrastructure look like, what's around the player. I think that's key, um, and I think that's probably uh, messed with the numbers a lot when you're talking about the top of the draft. I think that's what makes our situation unique and why we have to really do a deep dive in, into it. Um, I think the person is a huge part. I've talked about that a lot. What's the makeup, the leadership, how do they handle pressure? Um, how do they handle pressure in a big city like ours? Um, so a lot of those factors go in. Right, and I know you said you weren't going to make a big reveal today in terms of what, have, you're, of yeah, what you're doing. I have nothing to reveal at all. Yeah, 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 no, I, I totally I wish I did. Yeah, I know. That's what a week. Yeah, that's what a week. Um, I, I, I totally understand that. But uh, do you have an idea, like, how? what's the percentage of what you think you know right now ahead of the combine? Like, how important is the combine in making the decision? Yeah, right now it's like a hundred different scenarios that you go down and, and try to plot out and you're forecasting forward to see what's going to work out and probabilities and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, the human being part, getting to know someone, um, getting to know a group of people is really going to determine that there's going to be options um, <clears throat> that pop up all the time that you don't see coming. I think I said it last year, like something will happen at some point in the next few months that no one expects. Right. Um, so you got to be on your toes for that. So the picture will change as we go. Right, right. Right. If you trade the number one mindset this year with the number one overall pick than what you had last year at this time? Um, no, I mean, it's a it's unique, right? Um, but I would say our approach is exactly the same in terms of we got to look at every option and, and determine what is best for our team. Um, obviously, we chose to trade back last year. And I think that that helped our uh, a team out a lot. So um, again, we'll we'll do a deep dive and, and see how it plays out. When you, when you, when you evaluating the prospects as you can gather information, do you have any concern at all that Caleb Williams or the team around him don't want to play in Chicago? No, no, no concerns about that at all. I I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think. Um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if Justin were to stay here as well. In, in terms of your quarterback evaluation when you were in Kansas City, Cliff Kingsbury said that you know uh, Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams are eerily similar. When you watch the tape, do you see that? There's pieces. There's pieces that are similar. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out to everyone is just different arm angles. Um, that's a unique trait. Not a lot of guys um, can do that. Uh, I'll give Jeff King, um, who's on my team, credit. He, he painted a picture of, you know, there's two types of quarterbacks. There's artists and then there's surgeons. Um, so within that group, you can kind of see who's the artist create, that's really creative. Um, it doesn't draw within the lines where there's more of surgeons who are, you know, like your typical, like the Brady's and Peyton's. So um, you kind of branch them out on those buckets and go from there. So that's where they're, they're similar. Is there a percentage you prefer with artists and surgeons? No. Winners. <laughs> yeah. If you identify a quarterback prospect as your guy, is there any price that can move you off of your guy? Um, would it be our guy, right? Like, it's, it's not about me at all. Um, that's hard to answer right now because I need kind of the whole puzzle put together to, to figure that out. Hmm. So that is what this week is going to be like. Last year, around this time, at the end of the combine, we started to hear that the number one pick was truly for sale. And I'm expecting this time next week, Justin Fields will either have been traded or it will be out there that Justin Fields 
the ability for him to be your quarterback is out there for other teams. When did he say last year, I would absolutely have to be blown away? I think that was going in. I think that was that was that was even before, right? Wasn't that when they got the number one pick? I think I think that was at the end of the season presser that he that he that he said that, and then he reiterated it at the combine. At, at the combine, and he and he said it again this year at the end of season presser, but didn't say it today. I don't think that that's that tough of a dot to connect. So we can hear more on how Ryan Poles handled the Justin Fields portion of this. Yeah, but like a couple things in there, because he was asked about, is it a different mindset than last year? He said no, but lots of pauses as he thinks about it and talked about the approach and talked about the process. It, it is a different mindset. You've it's, got another year of data on Justin Fields, yeah. and he's a year closer to needing to pay. Yeah. He's a year and closer it's a different to the, quarterback class. Yeah, so you, of course there are differences. And, and you have another, but another year of data. And, and and after you did give him some stuff like DJ Moore in a first round tackle. And I thought it was interesting that the Caleb Mahomes similarity question is what led to the artist and surgeon anecdote coming out of his mind from well, about did, Jeff King. And he easily could have said on Caleb, "It's ridiculous to put." Mahomes into onto any of these prospects. He said some is there. Yeah, t- including about the arm angles. The stuff. arm angles. Yeah, the quickness of the release with all the different arm angles. Here's what he said about Justin Fields and the idea of a trade. So right. What is what is your if you decide to draft a quarterback? What is your motivation to trade Justin before free agency starts, knowing that there might be a premium on that? Yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Did you, did you talk to him? I know he made those comments last week about kind of living in limbo on this. Have you had conversations with him about where you guys are at right now in that process? Yeah, so I've always felt, and I told uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings, that you know transparency and communication is, is key in these moments. Um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him let them know like what we're looking at, um, how things might play out, um, and that we'll continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, I understand how uncomfortable that is for him. Um, but again, like I told him, and he understands, I think he said it the other day too, it's, it's part of this business. It is a unique situation. So, uh, But yeah, I'll continue that communication. Brian, how do you view, philosophically, how do you view the draft assets you have picking first and ninth? You would theoretically be targeting star players if you kept those picks yep. versus converting those into more picks, but they are lesser picks. Yeah, that that goes into the equation, right? I mean, you got to look at what's there in, in that area in terms of drafting. Um, again, you got to listen to the trade. Like you don't trade back one, trade back two, trade back fifteen. Like that changes the dynamic based on where the board is set up. I think I talked about that last year. We'll end up counting the guys in certain spaces that we feel like can be impact players for our team. Um, so that goes in the equation as well. Um, but I think it's a really good opportunity to improve our football team. And the other thing is like very open and understand that. Draft picks are just opportunity, right? You got to capture that. You got to be right with your draft picks. Um, so we understand that as well. If you do move off the number one pick, we've heard crazy, we've heard historic, all those adjectives used for the amount of compensation you need. What What are you looking for? Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's gotta 
help our organization significantly to, to move around um, because we saw what it did last year. Um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. Right. When, when do you want to know what you're going to do? Tomorrow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency? Or, or? I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I, mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's, sure, before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Um, and I know, again, living in that gray space, you would want to do something sooner rather than later. Um, but just like I talk about with contracts, it takes two teams to figure that out. Um, but at the same time, we're also trying to figure out the draft process as well. So there's a lot of different things with different timelines going, and that's what makes it a little Ryan bit difficult. Thing. So are, you, are, you expecting, are you expecting a busier combine than usual? Like I'm imagining you're going to be a pretty popular guy this week. Everybody yeah. wants to buy you dinner and yeah. talk about all these different assets that you might trade. I mean, is it going to be a different combine for you? Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Has it already started? Oh, yeah, my phone won't stop. <laughs> how, aggressive are people, how aggressive are people with fishing for information from other teams to see what you want to do with that? Yeah, it's, you know, it starts slow. We were at the Senior Bowl. I know people are kind of poking around. I haven't had, like, big-time conversations with anyone, uh, but everyone wants to, you know, take a temperature of what's going on. Every um, time someone approaches you, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you say last year's trade worked out for you guys, for the Panthers, and even Houston that didn't get the number one pick. Yeah, um, I'll only comment on us. I thought it, it worked out really well. Um, just adding two good players like Darnell and, and DJ. Um, had no idea this would work out where it would be the first overall pick, uh, but I would say that's successful. Um, and then, you know, a future two as well. Swag. So uh, it worked out well for us, and we'll keep growing up with that. You, you did say that. Universally loved Justin by this team. Have you thought about what that conversation is going to be like if, if you do train and what you're going to like delivering that message to the team. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a leader. Every, everything our guys have said, it's true. And not surprised our guys have said what they have said. I feel the same way. Um, and I think sometimes this whole thing gets, you know, Justin versus another person. Um, and I have to look at it a little bit differently. I take that into effect. That's why the person is so important when we evaluate other people that would come in, in that position. Um, but also, it's my job to think of the long term, and, and a lot of our guys kind of don't don't see that. That's not their, their job to do that, and they defend their guy, which I think speaks volume, volumes about our culture and our locker room. I mean, you've made big trades before. Would that cause a, is there anxiety that comes with that for someone who would have to deliver that sort of news? No, because I have faith um, in our ability to communicate with our guys, um, and when we do that, I think they'll know that it's in the best interest of of the team, and I think. As we've moved along here, I think the, the, the trust factor is there, that they're in good hands with however we decide to kind of pull it. Man, do you hear that? When we do that, they'll know it's in the best interests of the team. Yeah, I mean, I oh. think he means, like, when we have to address them, you know? People but, that defend Justin don't maybe see the long term like I have to see. Yeah. People keep coming at me on this because the video's out there of the opening segment. I'm like, I don't know how you could listen to this guy and think that he's going back to Justin when we've heard him in years past. It sounds very different uh, to me. Not that he's tipped his hand, but just that he is so open to the – he's entertaining the possibility. He's not saying Justin is our quarterback or anything like that. But Ryan Poles is good at this, man. He's, 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 he's very like, – this, this station has graded press conferences for three decades – <laughs> and normally it happens on the 
making fun of the guys and giving out F's and D's and, you know, it's negative. Ryan Poles is good at it. He's, he's, he's not Theo level, but he's, he's very, very good at being clear, being concise, giving you enough to feel like he is revealing things while not totally tipping his hand. I think he's very good at it. I think that's true. And I think he's, I think he's a human being. Like he's like a normal human being who like actually gives a crap about people. So when you, when you hear that, that can let you know where some of the thoughts are. I mean, like he goes back to it. He says it the first time, but goes back to it later about want to do right by Justin. It comes up multiple times because he he empathizes with dude living in the gray, but he also says we're not going to rush. There's transparency and communication. That sounded very much like as a human being, not wanting to like make a good guy like Justin Fields twist in the wind out there and make sure everybody knows that he likes Justin and, and would be clearer about it if he could but wants to do right by him. He's going to trade him, and he wants to make sure he does right by him. Peter King in 15 minutes. A little bit more reaction to Ryan Poles than our conversation with Matt Eberflus at 4 o'clock. Very busy day. Parkinson speak on the score. If you do move off the number one pick, we've heard crazy, we've heard historic, all those adjectives used for the amount of compensation you need. What what are you looking for? Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's got to help our organization significantly to, to move around. Um, because we saw what it did last year, um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Exactly. I've heard from many people, some on our text lines, some on my personal phone, who were greatly distracted during the Ryan Poles audio by the classic rock just blaring. <laughs> like ZZ Top. It was a good Top. playlist. Yeah, ZZ Top was in there. There was, there was a bunch of bunch of very familiar stuff just blaring over Ryan Poles. Jesse's girl was in there. Yeah, was there some Jesse's girl? Oh, see? Yeah, Texas uh, love what is love playing in the background. <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me no more. Who's the super tramp fan at Hallis Hall? <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's the combine. I like a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good super tramp, man. There's a lot of good super tramp. You guys talking about the same thing? Why were they playing Goodbye Stranger when they're talking about Justin Fields? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that your bloody well right was an obvious sign that they've, they've been listening to the show. Goodbye, that- Justin. <laughs> it's been nice. Oh, don't don't Hope threaten you me. Find your OC. <laughs> <laughs> don't threaten us. You guys Shane. are so disrespectful, man. Talking about Justin. <laughs> How so? Oh, go put on your Caleb jersey. God. I keep forgetting to bring it out for Paul's position. Got to have well, it in here it's, more. It's hard to yell. Got to have it in here more. <laughs> I'll hang it up during. Uh... You guys don't need to be the voice of just independence. All right. They're out there. There's plenty of them out there. It's the QB1 decided that I care about. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, the just independence got a real boon to their argument when Peter King said that he thinks the wind is blowing in the direction of trading the pick and building around Justin Fields. That was in his retirement column. That was in his last column. I don't think it was sourced. I think it was just what he would do. We will ask him and talk about the greatest football writer to ever write about football retiring. Peter King, next on The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I am the original talk show windbag. Peter King. 13 seconds to go in the overtime. 22 to 19, San Francisco. Tiger 12. That puts McColl in. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. And two tight ends, one running back. Tom and Jerry Wright, one-way play. We don't have a lot of one-way play. This is it. Yep. And it's gun, trips right, bunch, F shuttle. Okay. What is the part of that play that denotes the motion? The shuttle. X shuttle. Okay, shuttle. All right. Easy X. Okay. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Kansas City wins the game. We put a little mustard and a little ketchup on it. Good things happen. Hall of Fame writer. As I leave, at least for now, I just want to say one last thing, and that is thank you. Because clearly, I never would have been in this position without readers like you without people like you who followed me, read me, watched me. So I leave you with that. Thank you very, very much. And we'll see you somewhere down the road. Oh, there he is. We love you, King. Peter King with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. The legend, Peter King. With us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline. Download the Circa Sports app today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you this football season. Peter, a sincere congratulations on your retirement. 
Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, never an easy decision to do something like that, but I just felt like it's time. And uh, I'm happy with it. No second thoughts. And we'll just see what the future holds. It was a great read, as always. Uh, Your perspective, Peter, always curious, always passionate, humane. Uh, Really enjoyed reading about what you've lost interest in. That you, for once, you you got to crap on some stuff, and it's about time you did, sir, because coaching searches, free agency, yeah, we feel you on some of that stuff, but you're curious. Well, a lot, of, a lot of it, a lot of it, quite honestly, I haven't soured on until very recently. Like, last year, it was a real effort to do anything with these coaching searches. It was a real effort to uh, be excited about the scouting combine. It's just, you know, when you – when you've done something for 40 years, I know a lot of people out there would say, well, geez, that's, that's part of the job. You got to be excited about that. And I totally, absolutely agree. And when you're not excited about it, there's no sense in trying to fake it. It's time to go. So uh, I wanted to be totally honest with people. I didn't care who got any of these coaching jobs. (laughs) I mean, you know, I just, I didn't care at all. And I wasn't into it. And I just thought, well, I better retire before the scouting combine because to me, I mean, I like going to bed at 9.30 at night. And every night at the scouting combine, you're up till 1.30, oftentimes with an alcoholic beverage in your hand. So anyway, it's, it's better this way. And, and, uh, and anyway, it's all good. Well, so in that vein, obviously you've made some, some waves with a lot of Bears fans and Bears media. Um, you wrote... I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing uh, in reference to them trading the number one pick. Was that report or opinion? No, it's just opinion. That's all it is. And I am going to refresh your memories on something from a year ago. I think very little has changed in a year. Okay. And remember, one year ago at this time, I sat in the hotel suite with Ryan Poles and talked to him for, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes about what he thought about what they should do, uh, what him listening to uh, alternative trade ideas, everything like that. And 10 minutes after I left him, in walks Scott Fitterer, the Carolina Panthers, and that's when the real discussions start on on making this trade. I just have a feeling deep down that uh, that Ryan Poles is going to get one or two knock-your-socks-off offers. That's just It's a gut feeling. There is no inside information on that at all. It's just that there are very few times where you have seemingly universal uh, thought of who the best quarterback is and uh, how good he really might be. And there seem to be a lot of people around the league right now who love Caleb Williams. There are a lot of teams up top, you know, Washington, New England, um, uh, Atlanta. I mean, there's probably eight teams. Those just come to mind off the top of my head. You know, these teams really want a quarterback. And my feeling is that one of them, And who knows, maybe Ryan Poles will listen, maybe he won't. But one of them, I think, is going to blow Ryan Poles uh, out of the water with an offer. My only pushback on this, 
would be, and maybe you're totally not interested and that's why you're retiring, but I am just curious at the, the thought process. You wrote about the double trade down with Washington yeah. and Atlanta yeah. and having eight picks. You know, it would be the eighth pick and the ninth pick this year, two second round picks, and then three first round picks next year. Undeniably would be the amount of draft capital that could build the infrastructure of a great team. But would Houston take all of those draft picks for C.J. Stroud? No. No, they wouldn't. But but let's let's remember. Let's just remember. You are assuming that Caleb Williams is going to be a day one impact starter like CJ Stroud was. Correct. How many of those are how many of those are there? Okay, I can tell you. There's Joe Burrow in the last few years. Joe Burrow, maybe you can say uh Justin Herbert, but you know, let's be honest, Justin Herbert uh, is below 500 in four years and hasn't won a playoff game. How about Russell Wilson? So, Russell Wilson with a good defense in Seattle as a rookie. How about that one? Well, that's that's 12 years ago. Yeah, that's 12 years ago. So I mean, all I'm saying is that rarely, rarely, is there a lock pick. And I know that people want to say that Caleb Williams is a lock, and I, <laughs> I assume that he's got a chance to be a great one. And again, I do not watch a lot of college football. As a matter of fact, the last foot, well, I watched a couple of these playoff games, but the last full regular season game I watched was Notre Dame USC, where Caleb Williams was a disaster because he didn't have great protection. And all all I say about all of these guys is that everybody is just dumping on Bryce Young. How in the world can you tell anything about Bryce Young when he's running for his life every time he takes a snap from center? So, so I'm just saying that I think, you know, beauty is in, in the eye of the beholder. And you know what? If Ryan Poles is convinced that, <laughs> that Caleb Williams is a franchise quarterback, then pick him and trade, and trade Justin Fields. But I'll tell you what, that is the kind of decision – that if you're wrong, it's going to hamstring the franchise for years. Oh, yes. Now, Paul said he's not going to be ruled by fear, but let's flip it, Good Peter. for him. He shouldn't be. Right. So let's flip it. Let's <coughs> say you're Ryan Poles and you don't think Justin Fields can lead you to a Super Bowl. Then, right. then, then even if you're not positive, because how could you be, as you say, that Caleb Williams is a stud, should, shouldn't you go and get a different quarterback if you think in your heart of hearts that Justin Fields can't lead you to a Super Bowl? Probably, yes. I think that's true. And I thought it was an interesting statement uh, that was made today at the scouting combine that, yeah, the players are loyal to him, but the players are not thinking long-term. Yes. I am thinking long-term. And that's a, that's a telling statement because it basically says that uh, I, I am not going to be ruled by what the teams uh, by what the teams want, or by what the players on my team want. I'm going to be ruled by what I think is the best decision for this team for the long term, for this organization for the long term. I think and that's that's how it, that's how it should be, Peter. I think this is a unique conundrum in all of your years. It's this is not Sam Darnold that they're done with. God knows it's not Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. This is a pretty good quarterback versus yeah. a generational potential pick. It's it's a it's unique, isn't it? Yes, and and that's why. In my opinion, and look, 
it could be that Ryan Poles will say that I just do not have this foundational belief in this player. And I can use the first pick in the draft to get a quarterback I like a lot more. And then I still have the ninth pick in the draft to get another foundational player. And I've got picks in the next couple of years that are still going to help me build a better team. And, and my, my only point about that is, and I totally understand bears fans who feel that way. Totally do. But I believe that there is something to be said for having a, let's just call Justin Fields a B quarterback or maybe even a B minus quarterback. Like the best he'll be is 12th or 10th in the NFL. Okay. There's something to be said for that. But what if you have the 10th best quarterback in the NFL, you feel 10, maybe 12, and then you have nine pieces over the next two years that you can build around him and build a very, very strong foundation around him. And I just think that has to be part of uh, what uh, Ryan Poles is thinking about. Peter, I used to cover the Chiefs and work in Kansas City, and I met you at training camp in St. Joseph, Missouri, asked, asked you a question, asked you to come on the show, you said you would, and then you invited me to sit down next to you on a bench and watch Chiefs practice. And I was probably 26, maybe 27. Huh. I was very intimidated, but you were could not have been kinder. And the outpouring of support from younger writers, I'm curious what you feel about your legacy. Maybe that's too big of a word. What you've learned about how your peers feel about you and your impact since announcing your retirement. Well, it's almost like being at your own funeral, honestly, and it's been incredibly humbling. But I'll tell you this, that one of the regrets I have about my career is that I really didn't start trying to help younger writers until 2013. So for two-thirds, three-quarters of my career almost, I uh, basically was kind of an independent contractor and quite honestly pretty selfish. My goal every week when I walked into a press box working for Sports Illustrated was to write the best story of anybody who was in there that day. Um, And that was my goal. So I didn't, I wouldn't say I had a lot of close friends in this business. I had friends, but not a lot of close ones. And what changed for me is running the MMQB starting in 2013 at Sports Illustrated. That's the microsite covering the NFL. And I got to hire some younger writers and then work with a lot of younger writers. And I realized something really really important why are you in this are you in this only for selfish reasons or are you in this to try to leave this business a little better than you found it and that's one of the reasons why the last decade or so i've been totally intent um on trying to help as many of the younger writers as i could uh, because i feel like we all should want the business to be better to, to have some sort of benefit from us being in it. And so that's that's what I hope I've done. Peter, um, we appreciated you referencing Peggy Lee. Is that all there is in the column? Uh, yeah. good, good luck finding your boredom. 
And when you get curious again about whatever it is, one request, write about it. Because, like, Roger Ebert's writing and his output when he was done with movies is better than even his stuff about movies, in my opinion. So keep wow. go- keep going, okay? Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, guys. It's been a pleasure to go to be on with you. And listen, I'll say this. I wish I could give you some really great information about what Ryan Poles is going to do. I honestly do. But I just – I simply don't know. <clears throat> and my opinion is no better than Kenny from Kankakee, who uh, we have referenced on this show. My opinion is no better. So He's never been in a hotel room do. with Ryan Poles. I disagree. Yeah, man, he wasn't there when Steve Young had two IVs in his arms celebrating a Super oh, Bowl. Oh, God. That was that was one of the all time <laughs> moments. I'll tell you that much. That was so much fun. Hey, you call anyway, any time. You call any time. We'll put you ahead of Kenny from Kankakee. Okay. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, fellas. Take care. Great being on with you. Thank you. That is the legend, Peter King. It's been an honor to talk to him throughout this football season, and we wish him congratulations in his retirement. Matt Eberflus with his first appearance on the Parkinson Spiegel show. The conversation went a lot of different directions. Next on The Score. Yeah. The Parkinson Spiegel show. I mean, you guys are the best team in Chicago. Everybody knows that. We all know that the afternoon show is not afraid of anything, really. Yeah. But Afternoons on The Score. And now coaching the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. So what you'll see on tape, you'll see, man, they play Chicago tough. There weren't many people that thought the Bears had a chance today. There were fewer people that thought the Bears had a chance after a quarter or two of this game. Just the land foundation. It's finding a way to connect with these young players and get them to believe for sure here in Chicago. Dragon Slayer. Sam, man, you got it now. Let's go, Predators. Let's go, man. Hey, Donald Dex, let's go, man. Just a terrific family man. Terrific, loyal coach. Great communicator. He did a great job of listening to the players. It means a lot that his ears are, you know, open, you know, always, and that he works with us, and that will make him so good for us. I would keep an eye on this Bears franchise. I think they're doing it right. You know, we're trying to build championship habits. I keep telling the guys that. It's championship habits. We're excited about this second half. We got some things up our sleeves, so... All right. Oh, oh a little right. Well, nice. Okay. A little so don't touch that dial. Pressure again. Incomplete. Here he shows blitz and then drops. Completely fools Bryce Young, who thought he was blitzing. Great call by Eberflus. Did we see what was up your sleeve? Did you use it? Or? I don't know. What's up yours? And Eberflus just uh, got Coach uh, Flus is a great coach, bro. He, he keeps us motivated. A lot of respect for him as a coach. He checks every box that I can see. We are thrilled to be joined for the first time on the Parkinson Spiegel Show from the Combine with Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. Coach, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing very, very well. Uh, it's It's been a while. We've been looking forward to having you on. And honestly, we see you. We watch your press conference. It's like a whole new you. Who inspired the new look, the beard? Well, my wife, Kelly, has been trying to get me to do it for a while. So I finally succumbed, and uh, and, I, and I I did it. So it's, uh, it's her inspiration. It, it adds some distinction, Coach. Do you feel more distinguished with the beard? Uh, nope, I feel the same. So I... I, I, I <laughs> You know, we, our Bears reporter who's there, Mark Grody, who we have on every day, 
we were kind of busting on him because the longer he covered you, it seemed like he was starting to look like you. Did you notice when he did the slick back hair that he was starting to look like you? I did not notice. I would have saw Pat Riley in the audience. I didn't see him. I'm telling you, Mark Mark Grady, he was just so inspired uh, by you to uh, become you. Coach, um, our our old friend and yours, Dave Wanstead, we we talked to him on Thursdays, usually have a cocktail. He had Wani's Army back in the day, fans that enjoyed Wani as a coach. Uh, How do you feel about enthusiasts or people who are enthusiastic about your job as a head coach of the Bears? You okay with that one? No, I, I always, I'm a good friend with Wanstead as well. And uh, what's his drink of choice, by the way? Uh, usually a Manhattan. Bourbon. Or Terry okay. Bradshaw bourbon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bourbon right. on the rocks. Good. I'm an old-fashioned guy myself. But, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's definitely good. But, yeah, anytime you can get support, uh, you need that, right? You need support from your, your fan base, and you need support from, you know, the ownership and, and obviously from your players and, and the fan, you know, and uh, the whole Chicago uh, land. So, to me, it's always good. Anytime you can get that, that's awesome. You know, one of the reasons that, that I've called myself enthusiastic or whatever is, is the culture that you have cultivated. Like, the togetherness that this team obviously has in Ryan Polsey's. How does that togetherness show up on the field during games on a given play, Coach? Yeah, I mean, so it really it's about the foundation. Is, is really a good question also uh, is, is how do you build it? You know, that to me is, is the most important thing. And to me, when you're looking at it, it's two things. You bring guys in that love football, and they show that by the way they play. So when we're looking at these free agents, we're looking at the draft guys. When we watch that tape, those guys jump off the tape because of their passion for the game and the way they play the game. You can, you can easily see that. And then when they get into the building, we hold everybody to the same high standards of how we respect each other, how we work, and how we go about our business in the building, and we never walk by a mistake. And that's what we do, and that's how we, we create that culture. So once you have that, how does it show up during the game? Yeah, it, well, when you have those guys that are, that are held at a, stand, a high standard and they love the game, that's going to be evident. Uh, during the course of the game, like you look at DJ or Montez or the guys that are, you know, TJ, the guys that show that passion uh, during the course of the game, you'll see it. It'll be evident because we're, we're playing a certain style, the Chicago style. You know, a guy who we know is very passionate about the game and we know him well is Jalen Johnson. He's on our show every week. And you have had, I mean, you know, he wants to shadow receivers. He's not shy about that. He wants to play aggressive press man. He's not shy about that. You once had him at uh, running with the backups at a mini camp. He's on your leadership council. He's requested a trade. It feels like it's been a lot. There's been a long journey with your relationship with Jalen Johnson. How is your relationship now? Oh, it's great. I mean, him and I have uh, really honored our relationship together that we've had over the last two years, um, and our relationship has grown. You know, um, I've, I've grown uh, to respect him and to honor his work patterns and to really uh, look at him as, as, a, as a leader of our football team. And he's done an outstanding job. And really, you know, with the enhancement of his play this year, uh, with, the, with taking the ball away and uh, really just bringing that defense together, um, you know, in the, in the back end and the front end. So he's, he, to me, has, has been tremendous um, over the last uh, two years. What did he add to the game? Why did the takeaways just start happening now? Well, he worked on it. You know, he worked on it. We brought it to his attention. He worked on it. We worked on it with the catch points, worked on it uh, with him and Coach Hoke. Uh, he worked on it after practice, and he was just diligent and determined that he was going to be a guy that was a ball guy. And uh, we're going to need that going in the future, too. So we're talking to Matt Eberflus here, Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Coach, one thing that's hampered the last two Bears quarterbacks has been a lack of continuity with coaching. 
You know, Mitch was here with John Fox, then he gets fired before his second year. Justin was here with Matt Nagy, then he gets fired before his second year. Whether it's Justin or a rookie quarterback, how important is it that you guys break that trend of a lack of continuity when it comes to developing a quarterback? Yeah, to me, I think it's important that you really, uh, you know, keep building the foundation. We feel really good about the two classes that we've signed, uh, you know, draft classes and the two free agency classes that we've signed. Um, and that's the solid foundation that we're standing on. And really, this is the same process this year. You know, we've got to do a great job of evaluating the draft class, great job of signing these free agents, and then onboarding these guys into our team and the way we do our business. And to me, that's the, the, the pieces that you need to have um, to really have that continuity you're talking about, not only on offense, but also on defense and special teams. And and to me, uh, you know, we're we're making progress there, but we got a lot of work to do before April 15, before the players get in here. And then also um, once the players get in there until June 15, till summer break. So we got a lot of work ahead of us. Coach, we love talking about this defense and talked with your mentor, Rod Marinelli, about the three technique quite a bit. You had DeForest Buckner. We know that you and Ryan Poles wanted to get Larry Ogunjobi. Where are we with Javon Dexter? Do you feel like that could be your three technique engine for this defense? Yeah, we love where Javon is. He really had a really good end of the season. His last eight games was really, really productive for him. And, uh, you know, he's on the rise. And I always said that the, the biggest improvements from the first to the second year uh, with those players. And he's one of those rookies that, you know, we've played a lot. You know, we played a lot of those guys over the last two years, and he's one of them. And we expect a big jump, uh, you know, in his production this year. So do you feel like you have three techniques solved? Um, you know, you're always looking to add – pieces in the defensive line so you know it's ever changing and ever evolving so you know i've always said you can never have enough uh defensive line and and I'll, and I'll go to the grave saying that so coach you said during your press conference you've been looking at quarterbacks your whole life who's your favorite man that's a good one there's there's been some good ones that i've looked at you know so i was i was here you know when the when they had all those really good ones you know with brady and and breeze and you know, uh, all those guys have been just tremendous to look at, you know, over the course of the, the time. But, uh, you know, I would really say that uh, I don't really don't have a favorite. Man, I just marvel at the, their ability to be tough and hang in the pocket and deliver the ball when the moment counts. Yeah, Paul's reference that you guys are talking about surgeons and artists. Do you have a preference in terms of style? Yeah, yeah, I think that was really good. Uh, Jeff King came up with that. Uh, you know, some are surgeons and some are artists. And, and to me, I think there could be a blend of that too. You know, there's some blending there that goes on, but uh, definitely a guy that's a surgeon wants to be accurate, you know, and the artist can create. So I, I believe that's a pr pretty good analogy. It seems like they all have to be surgeons in the fourth quarter. Like when everybody knows that you're just going to have to drop back and pass and you can't use some of the other stuff. Like, is that the most important thing that they can do that coach? Uh, that's one of them though. But if you look, go think about the uh, Super Bowl. Think about the Super Bowl. What like what 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 happened in the last part of that that Super Bowl? Well, there was some great accurate throws uh, by Pat, but he also used his legs, um, you know, moving into overtime and also in overtime to be able to create uh, some yardages and some favorable things for that team. And, that, and that's again, he's able to do both. But he's not able to run for that if they're not respecting the fact that he's a surgeon, right? Like like they know that he can beat them from the pocket, and that's what makes it available. No, that's a fair statement. There's no question. That's why you got to be able to do both. I think if you want to be elite, you have to be able to uh, do both those things. Is Justin a surgeon or an artist? Justin has shown ability to be, do both for sure. You oh. know, we love Justin where he is. 
uh, where his leadership is. Uh, our, our football team loves him. And, again, we're in the middle of this process, and we'll figure out where we're going here in the near future. Justin has said that he just kind of wants the whole thing to be over because he wants to know if he's back or being traded. Can you relate to that just on, like, an emotional and psychological level for him, Coach? Absolutely. Him and I talked about that the other day, and, and I, he worked, it's totally relatable. You know, it's and everybody. Everybody can relate to that. You know, no one wants gray. No one wants anything up in the air. We always want to know yes or no. But there's times in life where you got to live in this space uh, of gray and you got to be comfortable doing that and he is he's comfortable he has he has a great solid foundation he's got a great family um, he's got great character and as soon as we figure these things out in the next uh coming weeks here we'll, we'll let him know and let everybody else know yeah you know it was interesting to hear him like it was so relatable you know he said he normally likes to watch film in the off season, so it's interesting that you just talked to him you know recently he's not able to talk to shane waldron and get a playbook and prepare in that way no, no. Only uh, right now, we're only allowed to talk just personal stuff. Personal no, stuff. No football. Yep. No football. Uh, you know, at all. Talk to uh, player, coach, coach, player. Got it. And so then, in terms of philosophy, right? This is you have the number one pick in the draft. Obviously, people normally think that's going to be a quarterback, but you're going to have expectations this year to win, whether it's a rookie or Justin is coming back. Could you see yourself philosophically? starting a rookie quarterback from day one, or do you believe they're best to learn from the bench as a rookie? Yeah, I think you have to evaluate the whole process um, going from, you know, the draft all the way through the first game. And then you make your decision based on what you see and, and what you feel and what you know is true. And to me, that's what, you know, when you've got a good a solid foundation around that player, uh, which we're going to have, um, you know, that makes that decision a little bit easier. But, uh, you know, it's again, you got to evaluate that when the time comes. There's some there's been some rookie quarterbacks who led teams to the playoffs. Coach Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson. You ever talk to Pete Carroll about that model? Pretty good defense with a rookie quarterback there. Yeah, it's always good when you when you have a, a, a quarterback's best friend is always the running game and a great defense. And to me, those are two good things that you got to establish uh, if you want to if you want to be able to win, you know, and win in January and December, December and January. Yeah, you, what did Pete tell you about Shane Waldron? Yeah, it was an interesting conversation, just about his adaptability, about his, uh, you know, how he works with the offense and how he's creative, you know, in terms of putting his skill in position, um, and uh, you know, just the way he worked through those change, you know, the change he had at quarterback during the time he was there, and how he was able to adjust and, and make it happen. Hey, Coach, uh, we loved when you talked about Dick Butkus and shared that you guys had bonded about reading keys, like with your linebacker mindsets. We, so, yeah. so, so what are some of the keys that you and Dick talked about? You remember, like, you're watching offensive linemen to learn stuff? What were the keys? Yeah, so when you're playing middle linebacker, you know, you're basically standing in the middle of the defense right over the football. So him and I would talk about, you know, once the flow of the back, you know, so let's say that's a run play and the flow is going to the left. Like, where do your eyes go at that moment? You know, so they have to go to the front side guard, you know, make sure he's not pulling back so it's a misdirection play. Then your eyes got to travel over to the tight end area, the C area. And then you got to see, okay, is he blocking on point or is he releasing for a pass? So that gives you a lot of information in the first two steps um, after the play starts. And so we were just talking about that in depth, and we spent a good, you know, 35, 40 minutes talking about it. Man, that's awesome. So even with modern offense and all the fancy new stuff, it's the same It's the same game, isn't it, still? Same exact same exact game. And I always cherish my moments I had with Dick, and it was su- such a great moment, uh, moments that I had when I was able to talk some ball with him when he was in Hallisall. 
All right, two more quick things because we're learning a little bit about you. We learned that you love the old fashioned. Uh, you're you're great. You're great at nicknames. We love Dragon Slayer for our guy Jalen. But you also said yep. that you had media nicknames. I'm only going to ask you for two. Mark Potash. What's your nickname for him? <laughs> Mark Potash. No, I don't have one yet. Oh. Okay, Jason Leisure. We know you've got a secret nickname for him. We listen to the I press conferences. I do not have one for that one either. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, and then la- and then last thing, uh, you have a very important relationship on your staff between Shane Waldron and Chris Morgan. Shane and Chris. Yeah. Our two producers are a Shane and a Chris. What's the key to making magic with Shane and Chris? Shane and Chris. We got to come up with a jingle. You got. I heard the jingle before the before I got on here. Man, it was really good. I'm gonna steal that. I mean, but uh, for sure the. Uh, uh, you got to come up with a jingle. You guys got to be creative. Yeah, you, you liked Eberflus, Eberflus. You like that one, Coach? <laughs> no, there, there was some, on, the, on the one to ten, you know, there was some good stuff in there. Some of them were a ten, though. They were really good. That one Eberflus right there is probably about an eight. That's pretty good. We'll take it. All right, Coach. Thank you so much for giving us some time and putting up with our ridiculousness from the combine. We'll talk soon. All right, you got it. You got it, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having Coach. Me on. Thank you. That is our conversation oh with Matt Eberflus. <laughs> much in there <laughs> i mean it's just all so silly 40 minutes reading keys with <laughs> they spent 40 minutes together it was his best answer of the entire conversation obviously it was the run play you know and visualize with me you're going left i mean with the first thing you can tell everything in the first two steps but you gotta you gotta have your eyes in the he's, right spot he's such a linebacker nerd it's great it's awesome it's very good and yeah shane and chris he's all about it you guys they need a jingle well that was a Maybe a first because we've had people credit and laud and compliment Chris Tannehill's opens at the beginning and then maybe later on and it's become like a through line through the conversation. But he gave us nothing on Tanny's open <laughs> off the top. There was some turbulence on takeoff with our conversation with Matty. I agree. I agree. <laughs> the enthusiastic <laughs> stuff didn't really didn't really take. Yeah, but it, so the, the the open did not really help us much if i'm being totally honest at the at the beginning like because he was not thrilled with the beard question he was not thrilled oh, i don't know he gave us some mileage on the beard question uh, his wife I, is his personal stylist but you, then you said did do you feel any differently he, and said, he said no yeah, no. yeah my follow-up <laughs> so there was there was a lot of turbulence i felt on takeoff <laughs> but then by the end He's referencing the open and the yes. jingle. So Shane and Chris, we got to come up with a jingle. Yeah. Got, I heard the jingle before the before I got on here. Man, it was really good. It was Eberflus, <laughs> and I was like, why didn't Tanny use our version where I sang Eberflus? He, he used Joe Buck. I well, forgot that was Joe Buck. It was Joe Buck. We therein lies the problem. Yeah, was, I thought you would have remembered your good friend Joe Buck. Right. No, oh. Tanny, you did your job. We. Yeah. yeah, we we forgot that that was Joe Buck. We should have listened to the open before. And, and then, uh, and then you yeah. said that Dave Wanstead's favorite drink is a Manhattan. Yeah, I um, I don't know what the hell I was. Can we? About. Is, is Wanny doing something? With Wanstead as well. And uh, what's his drink of choice, by the way? Uh, usually a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Nope. Can we call Dave? Is he doing something? Has he ever had a Manhattan? And I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh, I'm drinking a little Bradshaw, sipping a little Bradshaw bourbon. That's what he drinks. The guy drinks bourbon. Just straight up bourbon. I'm a good friend with Wanstead as well. And uh, what's his drink of choice, by the way? Uh, Usually a Manhattan. No. A Manhattan. Wani did not pick up. He must be doing something. That threw me. Fun Fun fact about me. I always forget the difference between a Manhattan and an old-fashioned. I meant to say old-fashioned. Like, he's had old-fashions. 
Hadn't he? You made one with your blood in it's it. It's his favorite cocktail. I, the Old Fashioned is his favorite cocktail. So that's that's why I, we made it. That's why I should have said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I would have also, I'll just be honest, I would have raised an eyebrow if Speaks would have said Old Fashioned. Dave drinks bourbon on the rocks. Yeah. That's what he drinks when he's at home. He pours bourbon into a glass. No, it's what he drinks in here, you know, mm. right? He makes old fashions at home. He might not do it for your hit, but he has bitters at home. He makes old, he has jars of cherries in the fridge. Like, okay. You and I talked about it. All right. His I favorite play. cocktail. It's cherries in a Manhattan, too, isn't it? See? I'm Glass not a iced com- tea. Okay, yeah, but it's, how's they're that? Very different. It's TV talk, you know? <laughs> they're very different drinks. The Manhattan and the Old Fashioned? Yes. They're very similar. There's they're brown not. liquor, there's ice, there's a cherry, and then there's mm. something sweet. Right? Nailed it. There's a lot of similarities that that he's he's pointing out. These are our big takeaways from our 15 minutes with the Bears head coach. I'm a good friend with Weinstead as well. And uh, what's his drink of choice, by the way? Usually a Manhattan. No. (laughs) Just not the right answer at all. Not at all. A texture saying that Eberflus did tip things off. When talking about the infrastructure. That they're going to draft Caleb. I don't think he tipped anything off. I think he's pretty good at evading all I, that stuff. I think that it was a very clean day from Eberflus and Pulse. They didn't. They. I don't. I think that it was different than last year mm-hmm. on how they talked about Fields, which to me su- continues to suggest, based on like ten other things, that they're going to be drafting a quarterback. But I don't think that they said anything that's going to be some sort of crazy headline. That everyone's going to be able to run with. I think that's true. I think they, I think successfully avoided it. Robert in Naperville says, uh, "I should have said I see light mango just to get Wani back." Could be good. That would have been good. And what are we going to do? We need to do a jingle for Shane and Chris. You want to? You want to write that one? You want to take a crack at that? You want me to write the jingle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah you want to do it Wednesdays, and if you don't, we get lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Tuesdays. Was it Wednesdays? Yeah, you're maybe. the writer. Oh, yeah. You're the singer. I'm the star. You're the talent. That's yeah. right. That's my bad. Yeah, I'm you're, creative. Yeah, you're, you're the, the producer. Talent. You're the writer. You're yeah. the idea guy that I come in and one take, knock it out. How about your friend Kid? Can Mr. Rock conjure up something? <laughs> my name is Kid. God. it's. I w- went back and watched the Woodstock 2000 performance last night. Oh, my God. The guy just bangs all over the stage. It's Shane and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Shane and Chris. we got to come up with a jingle. Yeah, yeah, we do. It's Shane and Chris. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That works. (laughs) I think we just grab that. I think that works. Put it over the Kid Rock bed. Bing, bang, boom. We're done. You guys can dig into the draft together in the months coming up. really easy. They're mentors (laughs) and everything. I hate when he says Shane and Simo. Yeah. It messes it up. It's funny. Kurt, he won't now. My uh, my guitar player, Kurt Morrison, we call him Simo. So every time he says Simo, I'm thinking oh. about Kurt. But nobody understands that, and that's not really. No. For Is anyone. there a Shane in the in the band? No, just him. Just him right there. I'm a big fan, big fan of Kirk Morrison, by the way. <laughs> Famous. Hell of a Kirk and dog. <laughs> Today is really about uh, Shane. <laughs> I guess so. It's, it's really about Shane today. I mean, coach said so. I just want him to keep talking about Shane and Chris when he's asking about the offense and Me the too. running game. That's what I'm saying. I don't, don't believe he doesn't have a nickname for Jason Leisure, though. I don't believe he it for lied, a second. He lied directly to you. Yeah, he said that he has media nicknames, yeah. and then I asked him about the two guys that ask the most questions mm-hmm. and are the most confrontational in the press conference, and I'm supposed <laughs> to believe that he doesn't have nicknames for them? It's J- ridiculous. Jason's name is Jackass. <laughs> That's what his name is.
I love the tough questions. They do great work, but it's, uh, there's just no way that Eberflus doesn't say bad things about them behind their back. I did not notice. I would have saw Pat Riley in the audience. I didn't see. Oh, that's Another right. Another thing that's disappointing. A we'll Pat talk to Riley Mark Grody thing. at five o'clock. Yeah. Grody Flus, the Eberflow. How does he not? And now they've both changed their looks. I know. It was like a moment in time. It was a shooting star. <laughs> now it's over. Now we'll never get them talking about it to each other. It's like when everybody had the Aniston haircut, you know, in the 90s. But she kept changing it, and then people kept changing it with her. Right, so now Grody's got to adjust and uh, grow a beard. That's a good idea. <laughs> that should be his game. <laughs> he, he needs to follow the trends of Eberflow. <laughs> get a real single white female thing going <laughs> for Mark Grody. Every year, Eberflus shows up with a different look, and Mark Grody always looks exactly like it. Has Eberflus ever in any way been comped to Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> I don't believe so. That's got to be a first. Well, that's got to be a first. That's why our show exists. All right. Well, we accomplished a lot today. Good suggestion from the 708. Little ditty about Shane and Tanny. <laughs> Send them in. Yep. Shane and Chris. we got to come up with a jingle. Because we... Shane and Chris. I'm not sucking down any chili dogs, though, by the way. No, you're not. Outside the Tasty Freeze. All right. You wouldn't dare. Well, we learn anything there? We'll, we'll see. I, my favorite Probably thing not. of the day is that there's been lots of people wondering if it was going to be actual Matt Eberflus or our friend Honest Matt <laughs> yeah. Eberflus. Could you tell a difference? <laughs> I could. The answers were longer. Yeah, yeah. Fewer questions from us. He's a guy you really like to like. <laughs> I agree, Matt. Uh, I, I thought he came across very, very likable. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> Enjoy our conversation with real Matt Eberflus. Mm. Uh, um, meaning what? Me, meaning it was a good time to, yeah. to talk to you. We had we had fun. Uh, there was some awesome audio from Cubs camp that I think has been overlooked to this point. And uh, a rival talking tough. It's Parkers and Spiegel on the score. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Honored to be on their show earlier today. Danny and Matt do an excellent job interviewing people. Afternoons on the score. 
All right, guys, thank you very much. These guys go back to yeah. back tonight. <laughs> you like that? Hell yeah. That's America's team, baby, all the way. I hear America's team coming from the stands and from elsewhere. What do you think of that? I mean, it's, it's blatant. We're America's team. No, you're not. You can't just declare yourself America's team. The Cincinnati Reds are not America's team? That's not how it works. It was the Cowboys, and then for a little while it was the Atlanta Braves because they were on Turner across the country. It's not you, Cincinnati Reds. Bunch of arrogant SOBs. I like that team. <laughs> I got to be honest. I like that team Arrogance in sports is fun. Oh, they're good, and they're young, and they know it, and I'm sure they think this is their year. You know, they do think it's their year, Speegs. And by the way, we got a Bears report from the Combine with uh, Mark Grody at 5 o'clock, and we'll ask him if he's going to grow out a beard to match Matt Eberflus, among other things. But they do think it's their year. Yeah. Uh, Gordon Wittenmeyer, who covers the Reds for the Cincinnati Inquirer, went and asked a bunch of them what they thought about the Cubs signing with Cody Bellinger. Spencer Steer, the um, outfielder and infielder, uh, former twin, said, the way I look at it is, cool, let's go beat them with Cody Bellinger. Jonathan India told good old Gordon this. I think we still beat them. He's an unbelievable player. He's an MVP. It definitely helps them, but it is what it is. It's the same team from last year, says Jonathan India about the Cubs and Bellinger. They don't care. They shouldn't. And India also said to Bob Nightingale, this is the year we're going to be a playoff team. We all know it. We just missed the playoff games by two uh, two games last year. We're not going to miss it again. So since he's doing the... We're not afraid of the big budget, big market Cubs. We can beat them. They're the same team as last year. We're going to the playoffs. That makes sports more interesting. Like, I am not in any way offended. I don't think that that is trash talk or bulletin board material or, like, anything negative that would come with that. That is just, they should talk tough. They're a young, up-and-coming, hungry team, all that stuff. This division's going to be interesting, by the way. Yeah, Cardinals think they can win it. Cubs think they can win it. Cardinals, Reds, Reds think they can win Cardinals it. went out and spent a bunch of mediocre money on mediocre starting pitchers, which will help them fill out the lineup. Yesterday, they signed Brandon Crawford. I like that dude a lot. And he just fits the whole freaking Cardinal thing right now. I, I, I will see. He's been bad offensively for a couple of years. Still really good defensively. Um, and then the Reds, the Reds, like a young and hungry team full of kids getting ready to uh, to rise up is always daunting. It's just always freaking daunting. Right. It's are they like young and dumb and they overachieve and they don't know that they're not supposed to be doing this yeah. yet. And they all of a sudden rattle off like 94 wins Good. or do they slump in April and never recover from it because they don't have some sort of stabilizing veteran, you know, presence and consistency? You know, there's there's a lot of volatility with how a team like the Reds is made. There up. could be, yeah, you know, and Joey Votto's gone as that kind of stabilizing force. But I mean, Jonathan India is the old head yeah. on that team. You know, guy taken uh, after the White Sox took Nick Madrigal. So I love the tough talk, but let's examine it for a second on if he's. Right. Okay. Are the Cubs the same team? The Cubs. Obviously, there are a few different players. It's not literally the same team. Yeah. But by and large, the lineup is the same. Um, except for Michael Bush, which yeah. is a big, big deal. If he's better than a, that first base stuff was crap, especially right. at the first half of the year. I, it was terrible. And I agree that Michael Bush has a much higher ceiling, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they added Pete Alonzo. No. And are putting him at first bit. You know what but, I mean? Michael Bush, I can't say that he like fundamentally changes their lineup. Whatever Michael Bush gives you, 
over what you got from first base in the first part of the year last year. Christopher Morrell wasn't even here last year for the entire first month. So you've got that going on. Yep. Seiya Suzuki was not healthy and wasn't any good till August. And remember, like, all the crap they threw out there in right field? Trey Mancini blew a game out there. Miles Mastroboni blew a game out there. And Miguel Amaya is a much... Uh, more trustworthy hitter with a higher ceiling than Tucker Barnhart. So, like, there's there's four spots. There's, there's four spots right there where I feel a hell of a lot better about the lineup going into the year than I did last year. So, at least for the first month or two, you know? Right. Well, Bush is an upside play that we don't know how he's going to perform as a major league hitter. But it's, like he's not a known commodity. I know, but it's going to be hard to imagine him being worse than what Eric Hosmer gave you. Yes. And that, and what Matt Mervis ended up giving you. Right. That, that, I guess that's the question, right? Are you, are you, are we defining it as they're better simply because it can't be worse or is he actually like an impact bat? Yeah, we'll see. You know, like that, 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 that to me is very to be determined. Say it to me is the obvious one. If what he was the last, I don't even know, was it 60 games? Mm-hmm. If he's that for the majority of the season, that, that guy can be a, not an MVP candidate, but he can be an all-star. He can be a guy who hits for average and power and gives you above average defense and right for field. Sure. You know what I mean? Close to a five-tool player. Yeah, he's very talented. I mean, and he's he's like one where they talk about, you know, some guys are going to improve. And yeah, you dream of he, that. He's an improved candidate. But he wasn't even there. He wasn't even there for what? It was the first five weeks of last year when they were yeah. trotting out that crap. So even just his his floor will be better than 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 what they did last year. They should have had Morell up or Talkman up or both, and they yep. didn't. Full season Morell, better Saya, better first base. Mm-hmm. And what was the fourth one that you gave? Amaya. Amaya. Uh, Amaya yeah. subbing for Gomes uh, yeah. and or getting a run at DH when Morell starts at third. Yeah. It's interesting. They're not the favorites. I mean, it's it's all bunched together, and they're still a mid eighties win projection team in Vegas over under. They're they're not the clear cut favorites, and they're not supposed to be a ninety win team. They 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 are flawed. I did some digging around, and um, and then Sahad of Sharma wrote about it uh, after our show yesterday in regards to the the competitive balance tax. Yeah, it's, it's the, closer than we thought. It's it was. closer than yeah. we thought. And they do want to leave room for possible midseason additions. So I don't think Bruce's immediate instinct was off necessarily about them being done in terms of the big. But they're not names. already a tax team. They're not already a right. tax that, team. That was where that was we factually got, that was it, factually incorrect. Right. They're not already a tax team, but they are closer to the tax, which rules them out of a Snell or a Chapman or I, something like yes, that. Yes, I think so. And what? And I mean, obviously, unless they decide unless they that decide, they want to be a tax team to set themselves up right. to be a repeater team next but year. But there's so much depth in the rotation. I don't think they'll do that. And they uh, that I don't think they'll do that with Montgomery and Snell. And then at third base. Morell is going to get tons of chances, and man, he's not going to start with the team, but he's not far away. This kid, Matt Shaw, whoo, raking again today. Good. So you don't want to lock up Matt Chapman for three, four years. If Matt Shaw's ready in a year and a half, you know, your table is is waiting. We have uh, Mark Rohde with the Bears report in 20 minutes, and his table's what? Is that Steve Rosenblum? 100%. Tip of the cap? I, I was just here with him on Love Saturday. That. He's sounding great these days, Rosie. Yeah, absolutely doing great shows, and I was sitting in here with Saturday him Saturday. Suckage, the Wake and Bake Club, man. Amazing. Rosie's the goods. It's the deal. It's excellent. Uh, this slipped by. I love this from Cal. Those glorious moments. Oh, boy. Edited together by Robbie Triano. 
who had once had a career, perhaps, as an afternoon producer, now has derailed that. That job is taken. <laughs> Robbie, you well, back off. Boy. But I made the Waldron cut sheet. <laughs> he did make the Shane Waldron cut sheet. But we have Shane Reardon and damn happy about it. Oh, my God. It was more of a fact sheet than a cut sheet. <laughs> Guy doesn't even know what he produced. I love that he knows the bit, though. Yeah, oh, he listens. Robbie gets the bit. Robbie's doing good work. He's got a long way to go to be Shane. Uh-huh. I told him to back off, though. You think he's... Oh, you don't. He, don't tell him to <laughs> encourage the kid. He's doing, encourage the kid. He's doing great work. He is doing great work. Costas I've already co- told him to back off multiple times. <laughs> Costas a couple of weeks ago. Jeremy Roenick this Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he got me in studio this Saturday. Come on, man. How do you do that? Costas two weeks ago. Couldn't even get Roenick me in, on Saturday. Couldn't even get me in studio this past Friday. But oh, Saturday. That's a good point. That's a good, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> Counsel with a lesson for all people who ask questions before Mark Grody. Next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I know it's official that I'm a Cub now and I'm talking to Danny Parkins. You know what I mean? <laughs> Afternoons on The Score. Mark Grody at 5 o'clock from the Combine. He'll join us every day this week at 5 o'clock from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. If you missed our conversation... With Bears head coach Matt Eberflus from earlier in the show, you can use the Rewind feature to go back and listen, download the Odyssey app, search 670 The Score, and tap earlier today to get started. Council's a smart guy. He's a no-nonsense guy. In the Ken Rosenthal piece that came out the other day on The Athletic, uh, he had the anecdote that Jed Hoyer told uh, Council in their first meeting before he hired him that I hear you can be kind of difficult to work with sometimes. <laughs> like he's just, he's very smart. He's very direct. He's very inquisitive. All He keeps you on your toes, that he, sort of thing. He does not suffer fools. Not at all. And uh, this happened during a press gathering in Arizona. Just your thoughts on Bellinger and uh, of course nah. might be coming in here. Yeah. No, can't. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, you need to be more skilled in how you would ask that, and I could answer that. Just a little, just a little tip. Think about that. I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job. Just think about it. Just your thoughts on Bellinger and. Uh... I have no idea who that person is. For all I know, it is a college kid, stringer, intern. I have no idea who it is, but. What counsel is saying there is objectively correct. That's not a question. Just your thoughts <laughs> on Bellinger. I believe that was at the beginning of the presser, right? Was that the first thing? It's, it's, that, it's, like, it's like the press conference question, like, talk about uh, the what? turnover in the fourth quarter. No, ask me a question about the turnover. Just your thoughts on Bellinger and Portland. Uh, yeah. Nah. No, can't. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You need to be more skilled in how you would ask that, and I could answer that. Just a little, just a little tip. <laughs> think about that. I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job. Just think about it. Did a little uh, digging, Danny, and was told that the person uh, was a young person, like you surmised. Okay. And uh, was pulled aside by some elder states men or states women on the beat and told, this is why you have to be specific. So just, you know, it's a learning ground for young reporters. Sure. As, I, as it should that's be. That's a learning lesson. It is. That's, and, a, that's and, a learning lesson. And good, just a little tip. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Something to consider. I don't recommend playing that game, by the way. Don't play the game. Just a little tip. It's dangerous. Just a little tip. (laughs) Got to work with what you got. But that is... That's good journalism. Like, if we get the opportunity to interview counsel with any degree of regularity this year, which we are hoping for, Hmm. we got people that, you know, like, like Nico doesn't really call us on stuff, but he does get the show. There's a guy who does call us on stuff. Shaylin calls us on stuff. All the time. It's great. Especially you. Really likes calling you. Yeah, he does seem to really take an extra bit of joy in calling me out. Yeah, I think it's your tone. That's It it could be. Uh, You got a tone problem. But there's, imagine what it would be like with counsel. We're talking to Jalen Johnson here. Uh, there was a report before the game on NFL Network that said it's looking like Fluce is going to be back next year. Would you want mm-hmm. that? Would you want that? <laughs> yeah, man, I would want that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, like that's, I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, like I that. don't expect you to say no. I guess what I'm asking yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, no. So, I'm just not fair. What kind of question that is? No, <laughs> no, no. no, no can we word it differently? Yeah, fair, fair, fair enough. <laughs> just a little tip. <laughs> Maybe word it differently. It's yeah. great. Yeah, your question is good. It. Just say it differently. <laughs> Just use different words when you say it. I love it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, you tried to trap him. Yeah. It was not a trap It question. was good. It was very good. It, 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 yeah, by the way, that was a good question. Well, that's because, yeah, so it's a good trap. You're trying to lay trap. the trap. It, it, it's a, mm. it's direct. It's a direct question to see how someone would handle it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a technique that he... Dismissed thoroughly yeah. because Jalen, which I should know after interviewing him for a couple sure. of years, he takes a lot of time even with the most open-ended. Listen, how do you like your steak cook? He'll go, how do I like my steak cook? <laughs> yeah, it's a trap. It's not a trap. <laughs> it, was, like, it was a trap. Okay. Listen, I recommend you do it like I do. it. Just ramble for a while and then hope you can wrap it up with a good question <laughs> at the end, like asking somebody if they work out. You know what I mean? Sure. That's, I'll, cons- I'll I, consider it. Yeah, I'm, I know you do. <laughs> yeah, I consider it, and then I don't do it. Uh, but I, I thought that was... Uh, do you work out a lot, Marion? Yeah. Just a little tip. <laughs> it's a little tip. It's a tip to consider. Uh, Craig Council's media school. We'll all be attending at some point this year. Yeah, he exactly. He's going to... He, he, not ch- uh, he, he challenges Jed... He's, you know, he said that makes him better. Mm-hmm. He does it to all the coaching, the, the coaches. Presumably he does it to the players, but with the players, he's got to defend them and empathize with them and all that. But everyone in his orbit, he just holds you to a very high standard. It's, it's a, it's an inter, it'll, it'll be an interesting adjustment for a lot of people around there. Not that they had low standards, but it's, it's going to be different. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm always going to think about the way that Jed – thinks about counsel based on how he answered that question off to the side on the day of the presser that Craig is one of those guys like Craig Breslow or AJ Hinch who could do anything they wanted to do in the sport. And those are two people who could be managers, could be coaches right now. Hinch is being a manager. Breslow has been hired to revamp and run the Red Sox. And that's the way Jed Hoyer thinks about Craig counsel. He could be a GM or a president of baseball operations, which would be, you know, uh, on par or higher than Jed. He's choosing to be a manager. So that's what they got. And that's why Jed is going to take it anytime that Craig talks to him in that way. Like the the three win versus three hitter thing that was in Rosenthal's column, which was a great, great thing. Great anecdote. And it's why reporters uh, are probably going to take it in that same same vein and should. 
I mean, you get challenged by that guy. It's, uh, you know, think about what he's saying. Right, exactly. Exactly. It's coming from a place of intelligence, so you should listen to it. I thought that was it was a little bit of insight into what it's going to be like as we – we consume the manager of the Chicago Cubs because we can. Baseball managers talk more than anybody in sports, so that was a good little piece of insight into how he interacts with people. It's a good lesson. Just, uh, just it, a yeah, little tip. It, just a little tip. Good question and answer session there. Just a little tip. <laughs> we will do a Bears report for the first first of four combine reports with Mark Grody next on the score. Here's the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face. Mark Grody. I call him a maniac. Stone maniac. Covering the Bears for 670 the score. You had to overcome the mystique. It was almost like an odor. He exuded a kind of a presence. His whole damn life was football. Wasn't driving a pretty car. Wasn't going to the local bar and pounding your chest. I'm the greatest. Was the opposite. Mark Grody. He was Moby Dick in a goldfish bowl. Mark Grody with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. For the first of four five o'clock hits from the Combine, it is our Bears reporter, Mark Grody, on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline. Download the Circus Sports app today. And, of course, you could see Mark Grody. And why would you not want to do that? on our YouTube stream and our Twitch stream as well. Hi, Mark. Hi, guys. Yeah, it's been a, a busy day winding down here in Indianapolis. As you said, I am inside the convention center and in one of the, the giant rooms. I think if you're getting the view right now, if you're watching on Twitch, you can see all the, the podiums lined up behind me and some of the other you know TV and radio stages that are back there and you know like i said things have quieted considerably a day today of general managers all over the league and uh head coaches speaking at podiums and privately to their respective medias um we got a chance to speak to to ryan poles in a pretty intimate setting at the hotel in the hallway where he just gathered a bunch of us around and we got to talk to him and we'll play some of that for you as well i know you guys spoke to matt eberflus today we spoke to him as well i actually got some what i thought was some quality stuff information or opinions out of matt eberflus i'm going to bring you guys here in a minute but there's tons that i want to get to so let's just get into it right away let's do it with general manager of of the bears ryan poles and I, i should say right off the top just for people like what happened anything going down no blockbuster moves as of yet in terms of the bears and decision making and all of that but certainly some insight to be gained by some of the things that ryan pole said out here today so let's start with polls talking about i'm going to use the word potential a lot here uh, on the potential timing of a potential trade of justin fields it just depends on what opportunities pop up um i will say this um I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, No one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Did you you talk to him? I know he made those comments last week about kind of living in limbo on this. Have you had conversations with him about – where you guys are at right now in that process? Yeah, so I've always felt, and I told uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings, that you know transparency 
and communication is, is key in these moments. Um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him let them know like what we're looking at, um, how things might play out, um, and that we'll continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, I understand how uncomfortable that is for him. Um, but again, like I told him, and he understands, I think he said it the other day too, it's, it's part of this business. It is a unique situation. So, um, But yeah, I'll continue that communication with, with them. So it seems to me, Danny, that his genuine compassion for Fields is in itself a tell because that's just honest about a guy that you're about to trade away. How could you not like Justin Fields the person? Yeah, you know, I think that that's – you said earlier he's so human and all of that. I, I also just think who doesn't like him, you know? What, what has Justin done on a personal level to not deserve and earn the respect of Ryan Bowles, even if he has to trade away. Like when he trades Justin Fields away, which I think is what's happening here, mm-hmm. he's he's going to speak glowingly about it, and he's going to talk about how genuinely hard it is because he likes him. Well, I've talked about this with you guys before. One of the things I think about Ryan Poles here in his third year as GM of the Bears is that he has not lost – he doesn't has not become a jaded GM yet to where – He's one of these guys who calls the players by their number or just calls them the players. Like he really looks into the to the human part of that. I'll never forget the the whole Larry Ogunjobi thing. Like whatever that's gone, that's in the past. We weren't talking about a superstar. But I remember him, how much he dreaded telling Larry Ogunjobi that, guess what? We're going to have to pull this offer off the table because you, you failed your physical. So like he really is into the human part. One thing that I thought was interesting today too in, in regards to – to Justin Fields. He kind of alluded to it in the end of the season presser where he said, I would have to be like, his big theme was I got to be blown away to move on from Justin Fields. That wasn't uttered one single time today. I noted so, that too. Uh, did you note that? Because yeah, yeah. That, was, that was, that was my lead. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Danny, you and I are thinking along the same lines because that part was, was certainly missing from Justin Fields, it's, or I'm sorry, from Ryan Poles. It seemed like he made a point of that being the theme last year. I didn't hear it once today. And I know he was on other outlets as well. It's not out of the realm of possibility that he said something like that to somebody else, but I did not hear it when we spoke to him. Uh, Grody, first of all, I can report that the Twitch mob really likes your haircut. Um, and then second of all, what did Ryan Poles have to say about the possibility of trading back if he indeed would even consider it? Thank you for the haircut comment. It means a lot to me. I've been very insecure because there's a lot of disappointment amongst the media and everybody that, that I wasn't doing the slick back hair. But now that fluce has changed, that's great. Um, in terms of uh, polls, and yeah, he was asked, you know, what are you looking for if you do trade the number one overall pick? Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's, it's got to help our organization significantly to, to move around. Um, because we saw what it did last year, um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. Do you want to know what you're going to do tomorrow? <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency? I would, I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Um, and I know, again, living in that gray space, you would want to do something sooner rather than later. Um, but just like I talk about with contracts, it takes two teams to figure that out. Um, 
but at the same time, we're also trying to figure out the draft process as well. So there's a lot of different things with different timelines going, and that's what makes it a little bit difficult. I think that he is going to trade him before free agency, not out of the kindness of his heart. He will, <laughs> like, you know, he will say yeah. it, but also the market will be the most robust sooner because as soon as the as soon as the league year opens and you can get playbooks in these guys hands other teams are going to want to do that also if you wait for baker and cousins and the draft and you wait for all of that you're gonna have fewer teams bidding on justin fields' services so while i do think that he obviously likes and respects justin fields i don't think he is trying to do this early out of the kindness of his heart for justin living in the gray it's because that's when he can get the best offer yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he absolutely has to do what's best for the Bears as an organization, not for a player. I mean, you know, Ryan Poles showed his own humility today at the end of the press conference when, you know, he talked about how this is not about me. This is about all of us. So it can't just be about Justin Fields. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I completely agree with that. Um, I also think that just because – you know, Ryan Poles, when he came out, and you'll hear a little bit more of this later on in, in one of the audio cuts, you know, Ryan Poles came out and said, look, and you're not, despite the report that there could be clarity all of a sudden on the first day of the combine, he said, no, that's not going to happen. But I would say it's not, guys, it's not out of the realm of possibility that we could start to know the direction by the end of this week. I don't know that for sure, but I don't. I don't think that we, it's possible we could find out some real stuff this week. The combine is like baseball's winter meetings, but in a time period when you can actually make deals and without some constraints, it's like, I mean, all those conversations are going to be happening. That's how it happened last year. So I think that instinct makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you guys tried to get him to talk about Caleb Williams, and he gave it to you a little bit when asked about the Pat Mahomes comp, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's something that has been, you know, we've been hearing about that for, it feels like a couple of years now with, you know, in fact, we probably have that there is that comp. People say he's the next Pat Mahomes. So that question was taken to Ryan Poles. In terms of your quarterback evaluation when you were in Kansas City, Cliff Kingsbury said that, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams are eerily similar. When you watch the tape, do you see that? There's pieces. There's pieces that are similar. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out to everyone is just different arm angles. Um, that's a unique trait. Not a lot of guys um, can do that. Uh, I give Jeff King, um, who's on my team, credit. He, he painted a picture of, you know, there's two types of quarterbacks. There's artists and then there's surgeons. Um, so within that group, you can kind of see who's the artist create, that's really creative, um, doesn't draw within the lines, where there's more of surgeons who are, you know, like your typical, like the Brady's and Peyton. So um, you kind of branch them out on those buckets and go from there. So that's where they're, they're similar. Is there a percentage you prefer with artists and surgeons? No. Winners. Yeah. <laughs> Bears. <laughs> it's telling that he doesn't just swat that away completely, though. Gross. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I Just the fact that, you know, he talks about the – the arm angle and that that got me excited you know just oh yeah i mean if you have that in common with patrick mahomes that's a pretty good thing right there to to have by the way they were wheeling uh, andy reed around here today i think he was the uh only one that had a, that i saw that had a golf cart 
out here today uh, for his for his media availability. Good for him. I thought, yeah, I I thought you were having a Terry Bradshaw moment. And, oh, speaking big guy. of, let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. Oh, yeah, my that's, God. that's what I thought of. I was like, uh, like, oh, they don't want him waddling up on these podiums. They don't want him. Wobbling he just had him. hip surgery. First ballot Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion. He's got a tree. Put some respect on that man's name. Bradshaw was concerned. Why did you guys project that as not complimentary? I said he's got a golf cart. Yeah. Isn't that and you guys took it negative? No, you, you, the first thing you said was they were wheeling him around. <laughs> that, thought, I, that's actually the first thing you I said. I thought maybe he was on a hand truck strapped in like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was picturing. Actually, just ridiculous. Oh, it was so sad too because he was out in the hallway after he talked, and there was a group of about 15 Chiefs fans who were all chanting for him to come out. And he just, he just wouldn't do it. All he had to do was zoom the golf cart over to these guys, sign a few autographs, and get out of there. But he didn't want anything of it. He had a tea time, probably. <laughs> I, I I don't know. He's got he's got a he's got a how's he gonna waddle on the golf course? Oh you know? God! And then there was Mo Black's brother, Fat Andy. Oh my, oh my God! <laughs> you guys, this is terrible. It's not nice. Shame, shame not to be nice. associated with all oh, of you. Oh, Terry, uh, Terry said it. You know, he started it. So we're just we're just expanding the joke. Big guy. Let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. <laughs> right after he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> waddle over here. Oh, my get, God. Get back to Ryan Poles. All right, let me get back on track with you guys. One of the things that I was curious about and still am curious is how much this combine actually means. Like, are they still – do they come into this combine having a pretty good idea of who their quarterback was be is going to be, or are these interviews everything with Caleb Williams and Drake May and whomever else that they decide to interview? But I was definitely focusing on the quarterback when I asked him, Ryan Poles, about the the uh, the combine. Ryan, I know you said you weren't going to make a big reveal today in terms of what you're of what you're doing. Yeah, no, I I totally understand. Yeah, I know. That's what a week. Yeah, so a week. Do you have an idea? What's the percentage of what you think you know right now ahead of the combine? Like how important is the combine in making the decision? Yeah, right now it's like a hundred different scenarios that you go down and, and try to plot out and you're forecasting forward to see what's gonna work out and probabilities and and things like that, but at the end of the day, the human being part, getting to know someone, um, getting to know a group of people is really going to determine that there's going to be options um, <clears throat> that pop up all the time that you don't see coming. I think I said it last year, like something will happen at some point in the next few months that no one expects. Um, so you got to be on your toes for that. So the picture will change as we go. So he's getting to know the people. We buried the lead, I think. The darts are back, and the, yeah. and the putter is back. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. yes. Ma- you know, what, Ma- what? Matt Eberflus said today, I like putting. So he may <laughs> said that earlier today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he told us he's good at it. So <laughs> it might, I, there's some people that were disappointed that they're – maybe it was uh, Bernstein and Holmes, actually. I think we're, they were disappointed. That's, to hear that's that their were, brand. That's their brand. Yeah, dis- yeah, disappointment is their – general disappointment is their brand. They were disappointed with the fact that they were doing the same thing this year. But I guess to them – it worked, and players probably dug it. So, well, so yeah. it's a data point, right? How do how does how does they compare to CJ Stroud throwing? Darts? Oh yeah, right, right. Hand. You don't want to keep you bowling. There's only so many things you can do in your little tent at the combine. 
<laughs> That's, I mean, it's this year it's charades and bowling. Last year it's putting and darts. Yeah, Next yeah, year it's uh, foosball. They, they have a control uh, data, you know, based on last year, and now they can use this year against it. It's 100% correct. I wouldn't mind seeing them uh, set up a, a basket in their war room, maybe a Nerf hoop or something like that. I mean, maybe just, just things to consider for next year. Yeah. Noted. All right. Noted. All right, your guy. Let's talk about your guy, guys. Um, I guess you could say a little bit of news on on Jalen Johnson. Let's listen to Ryan Poles, what he's saying in the name of maybe getting a deal done with Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Um, in the process of getting Jalen Johnson done, um, conversations are going well at this time. Uh, we feel like we've done a really good job um, kind of coming to the table strong. Um, showing the respect um, that he's due just in terms of his production through his career and really an emphasis on the turnovers that he created this past year. Our expectation is that's going to continue to go um, as he's with the Bears. Um, when I say coming strong, that means cash flows are strong, guarantees are strong. Uh, the term is strong for him. Um, being hit with his age, uh, there's a really good opportunity for him to go back to the market again. Um, and continue to earn money and play well, and hopefully that's with the Bears for a long period of time. So I'm excited about that. Uh, like I've said about those deals all the time, it takes two to tango, and you got to find a, a place that everyone feels comfortable with. So uh, I feel really good about that situation. I thought that he was negotiating publicly and putting some pressure on Jalen, where if that this ends up with him being offered the franchise tag, Grody, it'll be seen as, oh, Jalen is the one that's being unreasonable. Ryan Poles said they made him a great offer. And when he said we made him an offer that would allow him to hit free agency yeah. so soon, that struck me as maybe more likely that they're offering him a four-year deal than a five-year deal. And if they're yeah. offering him a four-year deal, there's no way that Jalen can be the highest paid corner in the NFL based on total guarantee, which is the Denzel Ward deal, which got 71 million guaranteed. It could give him the highest average annual value on a deal at Jair Alexander at 21 million per year. But my sense is, is that they have made an aggressive offer on a shorter term deal, but that Jalen is going to want more total guarantees. I don't think this is as close as Ryan Poles is making it sound. Hmm, okay. I, I agree with you in because that little line that he put in there where he said it takes two to tango. I think he said something like that in regards to David Montgomery last year as well, because it sure felt like David Montgomery was going to be a bear and get it because they love him. And there's a, there's a deal in place and it's, but it takes two to tango and then they did not get David Montgomery back. So I do think you're right in that there has been an offer made. And, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think probably a four-year deal. I mean, I was even I even had three in my head when he was talking about the, you know, the, the idea that he could get another contract. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe Jalen Johnson wouldn't mind that as well, considering, you know, that he could get that second contract. So, yeah, a lot going on there. I mean, there's there's some, you know, murmurs of something could get done with that by the end of the week as well, but it's certainly wait and see, and it, it sure sounds like the ball is in Jalen Johnson's corner. Yeah, you know, we, we looked at all the, the big contracts that exist right now for cornerbacks, and almost all of the real big ones are five-year deals. Um, the Jair Alexander's four, and Jalen Ramsey's three, but he's had a couple of different contracts. So, you know, and Paul's tipping his hand saying, you know, and he could still be up for free agency again in his prime. But 
We'll we'll see. Well, we'll we'll see how that how that plays out. And it's uh, yeah. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. And he's said that before. Jalen's not going anywhere. So this wouldn't be like a David Montgomery where if things break down, he's gone. This would be a franchise tag. No, that's a great point. That's a really good point because I did ask him in a follow up. I, I said, would you rather just kind of confirming? Would you rather get a you know long term deal done on the franchise tag? I used the word franchise tag, and he made it very clear that they don't want to do that. They do hmm. not want to use the franchise tag, but. To your point, Spiegel, you're right. It's not like David Montgomery. They're not going to lose him, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that it could still, this whole situation could be demoted to a franchise tag spot. While we're on Jalen Johnson, this will lead right into to Matt Eberflus because, um, you know, Flus has been very demanding of Jalen Johnson, you know, in, in both he and polls and you know, say, look, this guy's got to get more turnovers. We want him to be a ball hawk. Even when he made one of those interceptions early this year, Flus was critical of his inability to follow the blocking and bring the ball back into the end zone. There was the episode where Matt Eberflus had him on second string in terms of the corner. So it was kind of like an early rough ride, I thought, with this regime, which is why it makes it very interesting to hear the way Matt Eberflus is talking about Jalen Johnson now and what he means to this team. Yeah, a lot. You know, so uh, I'm so proud of Jalen, the way he improved um, and the way he really took the challenge to to be a ball guy. And and he certainly did that. Um, he's a great leader, in our, not only in our defensive back room, but in our whole defensive room, too. Um, and he's really starting to be a, a, a really good leader in our whole football team. So. I'm excited about him. Again, like Ryan said this morning, you know, we obviously want to get him to a long-term deal. I hope they're close. I hope it works out. Uh, but uh, certainly excited. We'll be excited to have him back. Yeah, that is a bad malt box. Yeah. Yeah, it was not great. <laughs> not, not great. Yeah, that's the last time I'll be using the, the, the combine malt box. That's, uh, that's it for the malt box. They blew it. They had one chance for me. <laughs> Good for you, Grace. Good. Got to keep yeah. it moving. Um, yeah, we got a lot that we still need to get to here, Grody. Let's keep it going with Flus. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll rock and roll through these. Another Matt Eberflus. I thought this was interesting too because if you listen carefully, um, I think that you will come up with a very some very interesting insights on who he may or may not be talking about. Matt Eberflus, how he evaluates young prospect quarterbacks. I look at situations. You know, I look at the guys that can operate third down, two minute, um, in, in the end of the game situations. That that to me is what se- that's the separator. Um, for me um, and then you look at toughness you know you got to look in toughness for a quarterback really is is about the mental toughness to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball um, and then also have the discernment to be able to move out of the pocket and create when it's necessary so um, and there's they come on all different shapes and sizes um, but uh, yeah it's always been fun to evaluate those guys this is not a difficult thing to connect the dots about no, how much no. he's talking about late game you know, third down, that stuff, and two how minute. at two minute, and how bad Justin Fields' numbers have been in the fourth quarter, his entire career here, including this year when he was armed better, including those last seven games where he had the most level and fair, uh, you know, playing field to try and show something. They're they're concerned with that, and they should be. Frankly, yes, Biggs. I don't know that he intended to to say it that way or put it on a platter for us like that, but he did, and it does give you the insight into into the what, what they're thinking and, and if that's the case then it just more evidence that they're moving on from justin fields to like say the things directly out loud 
that Fields has struggled in, gotten better in, but struggled in, I thought was really interesting. Another thing from Matt Eberflus was, you know, one of the things that I'm going to be paying really close attention to is play calling because Matt Eberflus is going to call the plays. He does have a defensive coordinator who's Eric Washington, but Eric Washington has called plays before. He expressed interest in doing it again someday. So I asked Matt Eberflus, you know, is it possible that play calling could eventually be, if Eric Washington works out, could the play calling be handed off to him eventually? Yeah, I think that's evaluated every single year, right? So it's at the end of the year, you'll evaluate that. And uh, if that's the best move for the Bears, we'll certainly do that. And uh, that's and what we're doing right now is what we think is best for the Bears. Yeah, that's the only thing that they can do at this point. Like, yeah. There's going to be people who take it personally. They are making a decision that is to – it's a weird thing, man. It How many people seem to be offended at the idea – of taking the number one quarterback in the draft and upgrading from good for a shot at great. This is something that you sh- that should be celebrated and applauded. It should not be something that is feared and derided. It's, it's, ju- it's interesting. I, I told it, you I was on the radio with Atlanta the other day, and they're like, we're sorry. ready for good. We're, 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 we're ready for good. Yes. You know what I mean? So there are teams and franchises that would accept good, and Bears fans, yeah. some Bears fans have that feeling. Like, we right. found That's- good. What are we doing? Why are we abandoning good? Yep. Right. Yeah, there is value in Justin Fields, and hopefully somebody will overpay for Fields. Last thing I have before I give you guys some nuggets from out here at the NFL Combine, um, as Matt Eberflus was walking off the podium – I did ask him, and I don't know if you could hear the question, so I'll just tell you what I asked him. I said as he was leaving, I asked him if he um, has a new stylist. Take a listen. Yeah, her name is Kelly Eberflus. <laughs> Eberflus got jokes. Okay, say that. So what did he just say there? Wait, say, set that up again, Grody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I asked Matt Eberflus as he was done talking, he's walking off the podium, and I felt compelled to ask him because nobody else had um, who, if he has a new stylist. Yeah, her name is Kelly Eberflus. <laughs> it's the wife. It's it's beautifully done, but we took it a step further. Mark. Okay. Have you heard okay. our conversation with him yet? I have, I have not heard any of it, no. Okay, well, so my, my, after we asked him about the beard – and yeah. and and Speaks asked him if he felt like a different person. We asked him if he was aware that Bears beat reporter Mark Grody started Uh-oh. covering him for so long that you started to look like him. I did not notice. I would have saw Pat Riley in the audience. I didn't see him. <laughs> so he didn't notice. Here's the thing, Groats. Here's our big idea, okay? If nothing comes out of today other than this, it'll be a win. You need to show up at training camp with the beard. I like, will. You need to look like like Flus, like this look that now the Flus has. Show up at training camp with that okay. look to a team. I will. So every He's year, gonna... every year you dress up like the Bears coach. Your thoughts? Like Flus, you're gonna notice me, man. You will notice me. <laughs> this is hilarious, though. As he honestly, this is after he was walking back from interviewing you guys. I had heard when you know the interview was gonna happen, and here comes Flus with three other PR people down the hallway. I see him and I look at him. I, I caught him completely off guard. And I go, I go, did they did they talk about the hair on the score? And he kind of looks at me. I go on the score. And he goes, he goes, oh yeah, the score. Yeah, I was just on the score. It's great. Yeah, yeah, score, the hair. He goes, uh, pretty good for a 54-year-old. The hair, huh? Looking pretty good. So that was that. Yeah. I did not notice. I would have saw Pat Riley in the audience. I didn't see him. It was a moment in time. 
No. I'm so upset. I guess <laughs> you should be. We blew it, man. You yeah. looked exactly like him. And it was for three weeks, and then yeah. and now it's now it's over. All right, quickly, mm-hmm. Bears Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, I'll run through them. Ryan Poles also said that uh, he has no concerns at all over Caleb Williams's desire to play in Chicago if the Bears do decide to draft Caleb Williams. Says that the Bears have a really good infrastructure suitable for Williams or fields drake may the latest player to pull out of the the workout portion of the combine is first reported by Josina anderson who i will have on on the clock on friday at six o'clock she had some real opinions hmm. about the uh, the the future of the nfl combine uh matt eberflus admitted that they need somebody opposite of montez sweat as a defensive end and defensive ends speak tomorrow, so I'll be looking forward to that. And by the way, if you are not able or not watching this on Twitch right now to get a little feel for the room, I did put a little tour of the NFL Combine up on Twitter at Mark Grody Sports if you want to check out what the layout and how everything looks out here at the Combine. Good stuff, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 5. Looking forward to it, guys. Take care. Keep killing that, it, Mark Grody. Thank you. That is Mark Grody. Uh Boomer Esiason with some hot takes. And NBC Sports Chicago has a team that has called the Bears on either the number one pick or Justin Fields. We'll tell you next at the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Sebastian Maniscalco. Good to be on the score. I mean, I've been a score guy ever since in the 90s listening to you guys. You know, now with the Bears, I don't know what the hell's going on. Afternoons on the score. It's a guy wings. So Caleb Williams, the number one pick. We've talked about it a lot. Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback. We've talked about it a lot. We're going to get clarity probably in the next week or so on the direction if you don't think that there's already been clarity. Uh, Josh Schrock, NBC Sports Chicago, is at the Combine. And he says that a league source says that the Falcons have checked in with the Bears about Fields. It's unclear how far those conversations have gone, but there's reason to expect them to pick back up this week in Indianapolis. And he went with a quote that Raheem Morris told CBS Sports. You want to get the best fit for your people. You want to get the best fit for your coaches. You want to go get the best fit for our city. And you want to do all those things. There's nothing ruled out. I forgot to mention trades because all of those things come into play. We've been really tedious. We're really trying to go through the process of how we're going to acquire the best fit for us. And obviously people connecting best fit for the city with the hometown Justin Fields. Here's how it's going for Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot. Anytime they're anywhere with a microphone, they're being grilled with, are you going to trade for Justin Fields or Russell Wilson? And that, they can't talk about him because they're yeah, under contract. Yeah, and that's what Raheem Morris says later. They have two players under contract. I have so much respect for our fans, blah, blah, blah. So they're trying to dance about their potential acquisition just as the Bears are trying to dance about their potential trade. The news is what you led with towards the bottom of the column. The league source told NBC Sports Chicago that the Falcons have checked in with the Bears about fields. Which is what everybody's doing right now. They're doing due diligence, and then this is the week where Fontenot and Poles go into a hotel room and hammer out what the particulars of the trade would be. You know, it's interesting. I told you that I, I, I did Atlanta radio the other morning. Um, and it made some waves down there a, a little just because I guess they hadn't had a Chicago person who has dissected fields as much as we have and talked about it in such terms. Yeah. And the conversation was such where those guys were like, yeah, no, we, you got to understand we've been dealing with Marcus Mariota and Taylor Heineke yeah. and Desmond Ritter. Like we're ready for good. 
You know, so it's just. Well, and they think that they've got the rest of the team around them. Good defense, good skill position guys, all of that. You got that, Bijan Robinson. That, yep. Yeah, they, they put good L- local down there. kid, right? Yeah. And 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 that it's worth whatever they're going to give up for the chance at it because you counter it against what their options are. Well, that exactly. If they had the number one pick, they wouldn't be talking about taking the second pick, the second round pick, and going for good. They'd be talking about having the number one pick and taking a shot at great. But they've got the eighth pick. So they don't have a path to the top quarterback no, prospect. No, they're talking about Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy and whether they should be considering something like that. Exactly. So, or use a, use the a top 10, the eighth pick, to add another weapon on offense, use the second round pick for an established starting quarterback, and roll out, you know, good with great supporting cast. It's dancing season. Sean Payton was asked about trading Russell Wilson today. You know, it's like, when are you going to do that? And everybody knows he wants to do that. And he's the boss there. He's uh, ahead of the GM. He's the man in charge there. So, you know, like all week, these these GMs and these football bosses are going to dance around this stuff. Well, they have to dance around it. they got to straddle the line. they got to try to not give anything away. Talk show hosts, we don't have those constraints. Here's our guy, Boomer Esiason, going even harder than he went with us when he went pretty damn hard. Something's going on, though, because... Is Justin Fields thing continues to swirl out in Chicago, and doesn't would, matter. It's over. I, I if you listen to what's going on out there, it doesn't sound like it's completely over. It doesn't. They're, right, they're, it's I, over. Uh, I mean, it should be over. It's over. This, they're taking this kid right here, and if they don't take this kid, then Ryan Paul should be fired. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, you gotta, you gotta restart the quarterback clock. You got all the assets from the trades that you've made. Um, you're sitting pretty. You kept your head coach. You got a new offensive coordinator in there. You know, you could you could say that they they should have hired Cliff Kingsbury, but he ended up going to Washington. Caleb Williams is from Washington D.C. Well, well, here, but here's all right. So this is the the thing when I say something's going yeah. on, and you just touched on it. And if you're the number one overall pick, you go to whatever team. So all right, so he's he's got Cliff Kingsbury down there with the Commanders. That's right, right, and he's yep. from the from the area, right. And they've got new ownership group, so it's not Dan Snyder. Do we see him pull an Eli Manning? So, but here's the thing. You know what? Caleb, don't go home. Go go to Chicago. Go they are loaded and they're gonna be good and they're gonna and they have all these different assets. And, you know, you, you're gonna have a good defense. They've added a number of offensive uh playmakers over the last two years. Uh DJ Moore, I know, did come out and support Justin Fields, that you know, there's no but in this quarterback class like Justin Fields, says, well, well, wait until you start playing with, you know, Caleb Williams, you'll find somebody that is. Yep. And, you know, when, and when I say by can't miss and I, and I think about height, size, weight, arm strength, uh, football intuition, you know, to me, that's more Andrew Luck than it is Joe Burrow. Andrew was, you know, a terrific uh, prospect coming out who was just as mobile as Caleb is, same type of arms, same type of understanding of the game, the intuition of the game, all of those things. Now, Andrew was a great young man. Didn't seem like he can't, you know, was, was, was acting as if he was privileged to be the number one pick. I think he a- appreciated and, uh, and loved being the number one pick. I hope that Caleb Williams doesn't screw this thing up. 
Yeah, I could totally see the stuff that we've heard from his camp over the last year or so. I could totally see him trying to force it. If he wants to play in Washington and wants to be a, a member of the... I mean, it's weird. still weird to say the commanders. But he wants to be a commander. Don't do it. Uh, then then I, I wouldn't be shocked if... I would not be shocked if he don't, tried to pull something there. Go to Chicago and resurrect that franchise. This is... Uh, I, in my eyes, I know that they have not won a lot. But to me, it's still one of the few legacy franchises in the NFL. It, there's something about being a Chicago Bear. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, there's great history there. There's 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 lore there, if you will. Uh, at the quarterback position, not so much. And he can set every single franchise record, and he should. He should want to go there, and he should want to play there, and he should want to lead that team. If that city needs something. Man, Boomer gets it. Well, and the... The privilege of being the number one pick thing, I don't think Caleb's going to look at it that way because of just the era of player empowerment and all of that. I yeah, think that but, that was weird. But Boomer but, gets gets like how ripe the Bears are and how ripe yes. this town is for a truly great quarterback. And since he said that this morning, Poles has come out and said he has no reason to be concerned whatsoever that Caleb wouldn't want to be a Bear. And he's like, if he did feel that way, I'd want to know why. Because, again, it's an attractive place to play. Great city, great fan base. You can immediately become the best quarterback in franchise history. Easy bars to clear towards greatness. And seven-win team. Good defense. Number one receiver. Top ten pick. Good talent on your offensive line. Like, there's just there's a bunch of things that Burrow and Luck and Lawrence and all of those guys at number one did not get. Mahomes got it. At 10? Yes. But they had to trade up from 27. It's a, it's Mahomes a, it's got a it rare... at 10 and waited a year. Yes. and But that's that's different. For, for number one picks to get the type of situation that the Bears would provide to Caleb Williams, we've never seen it before. You hear polls refer to that today? He said, context has messed with the numbers at the top of the draft. Our position is unique. Yes. He that's said what I've been that. saying for months. Like well, it's so it's so unlikely that the number one pick busts because he's not going to a dumpster fire. Right, right. So that the context where the one pick has gone has been so bad, and Poles knows that's not the nest that he has built for the quarterback here. Yeah. It's why I would have gone even further and given him offensive head coach and aimed higher there, but it's still pretty damn good, especially compared to Every other situation we've seen, number one picks get dropped into. We'll put a bow on this thing. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Swung on, hit high in the air to left and deep. This ball carrying. This ball is gone. It is Dodger debut. Shohei Otani brings them to their feet. A two-run home run. That's what they've been waiting for. Shohei Otani hit a home run today. First game as a Dodger. And his first at bat, he was struck out on three pitches by Garrett Crochet. First Dodgers at bat is a Garrett Crochet strikeout. Third at bat against Dominic Leone, famed White Sox player. Otani goes oppo. 
such easy oppo power. So he's still good back. is what you're saying. Still good. Still good. Even as he recovers. Uh-huh. No pitching. Yeah, no, he's going to be fine. He's going to be he's going to be fine. He's going to the ball a long way. Saw Dave Roberts talking about his lineup choices. You know, uh, uh, tricky stuff. He's going to keep Mookie Betts leaving off. Mm. Um, then he's going to put Otani second. Thinks that having him in front of Freddie Freeman <laughs> It's going to be. Yeah, you got to be careful when you're a manager stacking those MVP award winners together. You got to be careful how you spread them out. I agree. I agree. And he thinks that Otani's speed is going to create a lot of RBI opportunities for Freddie Freeman. (laughs) Well, with how bad of a guy Dave Roberts is, you'd think he'd stuff Shohei at the bottom just to stick it to him. A little bit of hazing. Oh, my God. sucks. I'm just shocked that Jason Hayward's not their two hitter. (laughs) He'll be in the lineup, though. I, I know he'll be in the lineup. Funny moment, like a week or two ago, when uh, Dave Roberts said, yeah, you guys want to talk uh, to Shohei, you can. If you want to talk about Shohei with somebody, talk to Jason Hayward. And so everybody went in and tried to talk to Hayward. Hayward's like, what? <laughs> it was just a prank? Yeah, no, it's like he just, like Roberts was just saying Hayward's a good talker. Like, I'm sure he'll have some good thoughts, but Hayward... I don't think he's pretty happy about that assignment. Like, <laughs> my job is to talk to all the media about Otani when he doesn't want to talk or doesn't choose to speak English or whatever. It was like I had to cover for a manager before one time in 2016. <laughs> I don't want to cover for this one now. Let me give you an 18-minute speech. Let's go to the weight room. There's always one, more than one way to skin a cat. No offense to the cat. See, that's the thing. Hayward just doesn't want to offend the cat. No, he's very careful. Which is awesome. About protecting all animals. But, yeah. Well, they're a good team. Yeah, they're going to be all right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as worried about them as I am some of the, uh, the other teams, but like their uh, their workout facility partner, the White Sox, right across the way. You can get the White Sox at seven to one to have the worst record in baseball this year. I don't know. Now that they got Bailey Horn back, you know. True, true. I know. I mean, and the A's are real bad. Oh my God. How many players on the A's can you name? Oh, it's the annual excursion. I. I don't think I can give you six right now. I don't, I, I don't think I, I can. No, I can't give you six. I don't think I can give you four. Okay. Right now. All right. You can give me one, though? Now we're out of time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, it was the journeyman first baseman guy who did pretty well there last year. Ryan uh, Noda? Nope. Tyler Soderstrom? Uh, nope. Okay. I don't know them. Is Tony uh, Kemp still on the team? I No, I no. don't think so. David Eckstein. <laughs> he's, he's not there either. They had an all-star, the guy with the power. I haven't heard of a lot of any of these guys. Yeah. I, I don't think I've heard of a uh, – Ross Stripling, I guess. I've heard oh, of. yeah, that's, a bit, that's their ace. Yeah. Paul Blackburn. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Speaking of iPads, Stripling has not allowed a home run in 2019. Oh, look at that. They got Alex Wood on that team. I know that person. Oh, my guy, Hogan Harris. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be a typo. <laughs> Abraham Toro. Hogan? Uh-huh. <laughs> Hogan Harris, I think that was a show on Score Overnights one time. <laughs> Thank yous today. I thought he refused to work overnights. We had uh, we had the coach of the Bears on. Brent Rooker is who I was thinking about. Brent Rooker. There you go. Matt Eberflus and Peter King were on the show today, as was Mark Grody. Thank you to Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat video stream. Thank you, sirs. We got Shane Reardon as our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. All right, I got to go here, guys. I'm, I, I got something. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today.
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.